the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. It's a Tuesday. That means the power panel is in, and Elizabeth is here, and R.D. is here, and Paul is here, and they'll stay here until 5 o'clock when the Bible guys will show up and take their seats and do their hour today for you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show on uh, The Answer. Quick question. I want you guys to help me out here. There are 11 retailers that a lot of people are saying will not survive through the end of this year. Hmm. Ooh. Boy, I hate to Who hear that. Uh, okay, so can we get? So let's, are we supposed to guess? Let me let me <laughs> pick. Let, let's let you guys name some, and I'll tell you if they're in the top five. Mm-hmm. All How right, about Sears. Number one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sears. Number one. Kmart. Oh, is that won't, right? won't survive. Kmart. What's next? No, Kmart already gone. hasn't survived. Starbucks. Uh, no, they got, <laughs> oh, Starbucks there. is still there. Oh, People are still addicted to the cafe. Who else? Um, well, is it retail most of it? Yes. So, all, um, these all, are all, all retailers. All retail. <sighs> hmm. Macy's. Nope. Dillard's. Bloomingdale's. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this all day. Yeah, you could. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> hmm. Adidas. Nope. Think <laughs> no. reading material. Yeah. Books, oh, Barnes and, and Noble. Yes. Barnes and Noble. Wow. Still the largest brick-and-mortar book, bookseller in the United States. However, direct competition from Amazon <sighs> wiped out 65% of its market cap over the past three years. Oh, my gosh. That hurts. Good grief. That hurts. 65%. All right. How about well, Academy Sports? Well, looks at books anymore? Uh, so, not so, Academy. One of the other ones. Boy, I can't believe you guys have missed this. You got Hibbit. you got Sears. It's another huge retailer that's out there. They have some locations still in in Little Rock. Hint, hmm. hint. I've been around for a long time. Used to buy if we wanted really cool oh. clothes when I was a kid in in high school. This is where we went. Gap. It was on. It, no, Fred's. No, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not Dillard's. No. Uh. It's a na- Magic a na- Mart. it's a big national <laughs> chain. Huh. I don't know. JC Penney. JC oh, wow. huh? No. Yeah, Sears. I like JC Penney. And they've been struggling um, though for a couple of then years. Then you're looking well, at Barnes and Noble. Who else? Two more. You know when JC Penney started struggling. Think yeah. about think about um, health foods. Hmm. GNC. Yes. Number five. Yep. Number four, one. you guys haven't hit number four yet. Mm. One of their competitors already has gone the way of the dodo bird. Now they're saying they will go the way of the dodo bird. Hint, hint. <laughs> Can I call a friend? Is it a, gro- is it a grocery <laughs> yeah. store? No, no, not a grocery a, store. Grocery store is not there yet, but they're going to get there. Well, Safeway, yeah. I think, is struggling. Hmm. 
Hmm. I don't know. Office Depot. Office Depot. Well, oh, yeah. We knew I that. I could kind of see that. All right. We I mean, knew the, that the one, one was going. The one in Check this out. Let me just read this to you. Right. Seems like. Office Depot is another company being rendered obsolete by Amazon and other yep. e-tailers. It tried to counter the competition by merging with its rival, Office Max, Mm -hmm. in 2013, but combining two losers (laughs) didn't make a winner. Staples tried to buy Office Depot in 15, but the merger was abandoned in 16 due to antitrust concerns. Mm. Office Depot stock lost more than blank of its value over the past three years. Elizabeth, how much? How big of a percentage? Seventy. Exactly. Wow. Seventy wow. percent of its stock. RD, you know. Dead. I used to own a business. I know you own a business. That's just painful to hear. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the cost of running a single location yeah. when you have to have someone to figure taxes, you have to have consultants to do environmental things, and you have to have attorneys to do this for you and everything. But when you get all said and done you know whenever you don't have enough locations to spread stuff out over it's hard for a family business but Mm -hmm. it's really sad when companies this big are struggling but it sounds like they're not getting in on the internet market Mm -hmm. enough to save them i know walmart is working real hard to get in the internet market to survive so uh, got a really good you got got a really good ad going right now with anita wood's song ring my bell Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's, it's a catchy ad. My grandson loves it. <laughs> that it comes on, he stops whatever he, he's doing and watches it. Wow. The Walmart ad. Really? Huh. Yeah. You can ring my bell. <laughs> He probably bell. hadn't heard it before. That, that's until, not, yeah, until that's he hadn't the, heard it before. So that was all, all these songs. So I, lived, I, so I lived through disco. So that was a huge <laughs> hit during the disco. You were well and bell, uh, wearing bell bottom jeans. Use, and did you have the, an afro? I wonder. No. I wonder <laughs> if the next one. I wonder if the next one that they use will be. I will survive. Mm-hmm. You know. You know when I started out, somebody mm-hmm. gave me the book Who uh, Who Moved My Cheese. <gasps> Awesome book, and that's an awesome book. And people, the cheese is moving. You know, you can't all the time. You can't blame somebody else for everything. I mean, market changes and things mm-hmm. change, and businesses have to adapt and change to be mm-hmm. relevant in the marketplace. Cars, come tell me, along. I used to own a shipping business. Talk yeah. to me about the internet yeah. and yeah. UPS and FedEx. Cars, my come business along is gone. And buggies go away, which that's means exactly that buggy right. whip makers go away. Go away. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if if uh, the federal government decides to give them extra money, they're going to die. They're going to go away. Yeah, they, they might they might limp along for a little bit longer, but at okay. some point, here you, you go. Here's, cut the leg off. here's some of the other businesses. Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Foot Locker wants a top destination for footwear and athletic wear. Recent years, leading footwear makers like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour opened their own stores promoted their own e-commerce platforms, uh, department stores, superstores, and larger uh, sportswear chains also took a bite. Foot Locker actually posted year-over-year sales growth now over the past two quarters, but if you exclude the impact of a soft dollar, its sales would have declined last quarter. Foot Locker's comps also stayed negative for the past two quarters due to slumping store traffic and weak direct-to-consumer sales. Others, pay less, going the way of the dodo bird. Um, 
I'm looking at some of these we wouldn't even have because they're not around here. But that that's yeah. the, the top ten. Well, makes wow. sense. Not going to make it how long? To the end of the year. The end of the year. I'm just wow. telling you, the, the one that's that probably I would have to say just rattles my cage the most of that be, is the one that had everything at their fingertips to do the whole internet thing and blew it and that's sears <laughs> sears had the largest catalog sales of any retailer and didn't move for to the internet because they didn't think they didn't think the internet was going to be a big deal. Well, it, 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 they'd had, I guess, they'd had. They should have listened. They, they should, weren't watching they, the cheese. They needed to That's listen right. to Gore. A hundred years going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weren't, weren't they the catalog retailer for a hundred years? Yeah, or so. Yeah, I remember or as more? a kid, it was the uh, catalog that you looked forward to around Christmas because of all the. The toys and everything, they and invest. color pictures and all that. Yeah, yeah. and they the women in bras. That they too. Should in. <laughs> For you guys, young young boys, they Let's wanted to see the that stuff. Section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> was before the bikini, folks. But they should have uh, invested in those electric generating windmills that all the taxpayers are buying <laughs> yeah. to put everywhere. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> they mm. are the one that are the biggest yeah. surprise. Mm. Yeah, they should have adapted. They should have adapted for sure. Yeah, you would think so, but I bet you that everybody that was at the top of the food chain was over fifty years old it's like, when well, the internet what, was coming on. We know what we're doing, and, we're and a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why change something that's that works. working? That works now, and, and they did not think even change came. It would come as quickly yeah. as it did. Well, the thing is, so what? 25 years ago when we wanted to order something we'd call to get it fast or if you really didn't want to go over it if, if you didn't care about time you might send a, send the order in through the mail which would take a long time mm-hmm. so calling was a lot faster snail mail and it really wasn't it really wasn't that big a deal to do it however when the internet came along you know how incredibly easy it is to order stuff online right now yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy when you already got your credit card number in, already got your PayPal account. It that, that kind takes of stuff, a few you can, seconds. If you need a little something and you don't have to have it right now, you, you can go online and have it ordered and have it coming on, on its way in, what, three or four minutes? Yeah, it doesn't take long. But, you know, to Sears' defense in some of them, you, you said one thing, Dave. A lot of people are uh, going direct, like, adidas and you're talking in nike and things Mm -hmm. like that so if you're a a retail distributor and the products that you're selling to people are going direct then uh, that just takes you don't have any control you don't have any control over that i've been hearing that that the automobile manufacturers will will start selling cars direct online so you you just get on the line carvana online go look it up it's already uh, happening oh yeah big ads on television it's already all over tv right so i think it makes uh, a lot of sense so there there won't be any local dealerships uh that are family owned anymore everybody will be buying direct from the manufacturers and it it could it could make sense especially that could make sense especially for new cars because and really why do you need to test drive a new car unless you just want to see how well maybe i've never been been in that particular particular model model. but you could you could have some some dealerships around that would just have some test vehicles you could drive or something of that nature which you don't have you don't don't have to have a a lot full of well they would have to work they would have to work with a dealership somewhere 
that you could go and try out right. the car, they would have to share some of their profit with those dealerships. Right. So, so it may not be a dealership. It may actually be just a so, – so Nissan and Chevy – they could have they, their own. They places. have their own little places throughout the country where you, people can try a car out. You guys aren't watching your cheese. We ain't going to need no cars in ten years. It might not. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Be flying. I mean, well, you know, what mass transportation and beam well, me up and all that well, stuff. It, yeah, and, and and Elizabeth may be correct that it may just be that we have a, a system in place, a network that's sort of like Uber with that with driverless cars, and say, you know, I yeah. want to go to Walmart in in ten minutes, so I punch in on my phone and the. The car the, comes and picks the you car up. Car comes and picks me you up. You just get in it, or yes. maybe I tell them. Maybe I want to go to Lowe's and I want something big so I can carry lumber back with me. And so I, a, a pickup truck comes and picks me up. Well, Dave, you've said it before on your some of the car shows. When are they talking about that we won't have personal cars? I've heard them talking about it. They say within the next decade. Yeah, I think it could make a lot so, of sense. Because I mean, a lot of people that's a say, joke, no, but it's not. <laughs> it's not going to happen that quick. I beg to differ. I think it's possible. Change is ch- it has been it's going to fast, phenomenally quick. I mean, really fast. Yeah, I think it's. I just don't. Possible. I can't see myself not driving my own car. No, it, it'll be more in the in the in the urban areas, in the inner city areas first, and it will. It'll move out into you know. It'll move Just got to let the young people who don't want to drive. I mean, they don't I can't wanna. tell you how many teenagers I've met getting a license ain't a big thing to them. They and don't want to own anything. It. Millennials don't want to own anything. It weighs you down. It's too much trouble. It's too expensive. We'll share everything. Which on some some level that does make some sense from an economic standpoint because the fact is most of us don't use our cars very much throughout the day. If they can be used for 14 or 16 hours out of the day rather than just being used for 25 minutes, then it makes an awful lot more economic sense to have a vehicle that's used a lot. Right, I guess so. I think of things like going out there to get that shared vehicle, and it's got a flat, or the you know oil right. needs to be changed. Yeah, it's or, already going to know all know, of that. It will take itself wherever the, it needs right. to go to get itself fixed. <laughs> that may be true. And, and so that's kind of the cool thing is you don't have your own car that you share with somebody or five other people. It's 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 a network of cars, perhaps. That I want you to think about this. I just read a story about this last week. Your refrigerator will be hooked to the internet. Oh, it already is. Well, but I mean, everybody's will be. <laughs> yep. And what happens is the in, the the refrigerator will know what items you're yep. running out of. Already does. It, it. will then contact the grocery maybe store. Walmart. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the grocery store side of it. They will go and get the food. They will deliver it to you, and they will take the money out of your account. Mm-hmm. You won't have to leave your home. Yep. You don't have to worry about, oh, my God, I'm out of milk, and the kids are going to want it in the morning, right. and blah, 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 and ding dong, <laughs> your milk it's already shows there. up. Yep. No, I think that's entirely possible. With the, You have a, an inventory system that's, at some point, it becomes pretty um, inexpensive to do that sort of thing, and so it makes sense. All right. We'll talk about mosquitoes when we come back. <laughs> You'll like what I got about mosquitoes. And here I thought we were going to talk about SCOTUS. It's a little... Yeah, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Sort of like SCOTUS. I'm going to be honest with you. People, I believe, are more interested about what we're talking about Probably. right now than they're talking about Probably. the Supreme Court. Probably. Just to be honest with you. I'm just being honest. And when I bring your the mosquito story, you're going to be real interested in this. It's pretty cool. We'll talk about it. But right now, let's talk about this. All right, 25 after. 
in an experiment with global implications. Australian scientists have successfully wiped out more than 80% of disease-carrying mosquitoes in trial locations across northern Queensland. Without, huh. without poison. Listen, yeah, without poison. They had a tire program. Yeah, that must have, that must have, yeah you're right. It must have been oh, a good no. tire program. The experiment oh, no. conducted by scientists from the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. Have you ever wondered why the government can't give short names to government programs? It's hilarious. Anyway, makes them, sound, they targeted, makes them feel more important. They tar- targeted the mosquitoes, which spread deadly diseases such as dengue fever and Zika. In JCU laboratories, researchers bred almost 20 million mosquitoes, infecting males with bacteria that makes them sterile. Then last summer, they released over 3 million of them in three towns on the Cassowary Coast. The sterile male mosquitoes didn't bite or spread disease, but when they made it with wild females, the resulting eggs didn't hatch, and the population crashed. Wow. The invasive mosquito is one of the most, uh, this, the 80s uh, gripety, uh, one of the world's most dangerous pests. Uh, said, although the majority of mosquitoes don't spread diseases, the three mostly deadly types, and they name them, are found almost all over the world and are responsible for around 17% of infectious disease transmissions globally. The successful experiment offers a potential new solution against diseases which infect millions every year. And in fact, uh, it was said that they've been doing this already in Florida and trying to wipe out the Zika-carrying mosquitoes. We haven't heard heard how well it's working. Hadn't heard anything about Zika this whole year. Yeah. In the news. That's true. So which which of these big um, uh, pesticide manufacturers is going to lobby the government to make this illegal? Yeah. It's a a possibility. I just – I wonder how – what kind of impact it can have on other species. If you kill all – the mosquitoes that carry disease. It's going to have a ripple what effect. Is, you know, what's, what happens when mosquitoes are the main uh, food for bats. birds and bats and things of that nature? How does that affect them? Do all the bats suddenly change and become vampire bats and start biting us and sucking all our blood out? Sounds like a great way to mm-hmm. do a, a, a science fiction <laughs> movie, I'm just saying. I don't and know they become six feet tall, right? Yeah, they yeah. grow big. It, it is an interesting question because what what it it is liable to cause some imbalance. Well, it's good. I would it, think you know that when we start messing around with nature, yep, we always end up going down some roads that we didn't expect that we'd end up going down. Yep. You know, that's you just like politicians getting in business. Unseen consequences. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good example. I still like the idea better than poison. I think. Well, yeah, I I would agree. Although using uh, some of the poisons that they've said are so bad for us, they they have found out they're not so bad. Not so bad. I mean, they they could have wiped out uh, malaria years ago in some areas. Yeah, yeah, and I I think there's. But they they believed a a book called Silent Spring. Mm Which was a bunch of BS. Yeah, a fictional novel. Oh, you mean exactly when the left started taking over the media and feeding us 
stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's when that was. It That's smelled when that like kind it, of started. too. That's when that kind of when started. it smells that way. One of the first well-known examples yeah. of stuff being fed to us by mistake. Well, well not mistake, on purpose, other, but knowingly. The other one, of course, is the whole thing about overpopulation. The uh-huh. guy uh, the guy who wrote that was at Ehrlich. Is that his name? All he did, all he knew about, really, was butterflies. <laughs> and he said, there's going to be so many people on the, on the planet that will have Famine everywhere. We won't be able to feed the people. It's amazing how people, much the population is going up, and fewer and fewer people are, are starving. That's exactly. Right. You so, are exactly right. We'll talk about it when we come back. We can talk about it when we come back because we got to talk about the news, and we can do that right now. All right, back with you. All right, I got. I got. I got to. I got to put RD through this now because he brought it. You up, and didn't he? he did it during the break. He went to see Journey. And uh, Def Leppard Def last Leppard. night. Yeah. And I asked about Def Leppard because I wanted to know if their drummer, who had lost his arm, was still doing the drumming. Because he's he's got – and I knew he had the pedals and all of that so he could do that. He doesn't miss a oh, – pardon me. Awesome. He doesn't miss a beat. He does that? not. Oh. He does not. He did awesome. I mean, he did a couple of drum solos to where he got a standard – standing ovation and people just about went nuts. Took, took, went nuts and took the roof off the place and he <laughs> had to get up and and take a bow and everything and uh it, you could tell he was emotional about it that everybody appreciated seeing him in his efforts i think that's the first time they've toured they said in 12 years in america is it is it true if i don't if i remember the story correctly he was in a car accident that's correct and the car rolled over and his arm was outside the car and it crushed his arm, and they had to amputate it. Well, I, I remember when it happened that I think it was back in the late 80s that it was a car accident in England, and he lost his arm. But I don't know the particulars. But, yeah, he lost his arm in a car accident, and I think they waited around for a year or two deciding what they were going to do. And, and uh, they waited on him. He got better. He and, got better, and, and he and, learned how to, to get past uh, his his uh, dis, uh, disability. Yeah, adapt and overcome. And it's not a disability anymore. No, he overcame. He adapted and overcame. That's what people do. That's pretty cool. And they they came they out were awesome. They right. were awesome. Pour another, you know, pour some yeah, sugar yeah, on they, me. Yeah, they saved that song to the last song for the. That's uh, my next for the theme encore. song. Yeah, for they saved that song for their encore, and, and uh, everybody about raised the roof. So I just want, they were I mean, awesome. I want you to think about this. Pour a little Ellswick on me. What do you think? <laughs> I'm just thinking I think that'll work great. Be, that will That's be, great. That goes right along with the show, this show. Well, for sure. If, if people haven't heard the real song first, you know, back back when I was younger, I, uh, I used to listen to um, Ray Lincoln. Oh yeah, and um, oh, yeah. so he had his um, his little jingles. You, Hot Rod pa- Lincoln. Pappy says, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop listening to yeah, Hot Rod Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you don't right. even know the original song. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at. Is <laughs> I do. I hadn't heard the original song. This, awesome. this is how I was introduced to it. Yeah, so do you awesome. remember when Ray and I would do shows together? I think I do, yeah. And we opened up the show with Thunderstruck. And oh, as we right? get into the middle of the song, we would scratch the record, and all of a sudden... Hot Rod Lincoln would start. Yeah. <laughs> and we played the two songs mashed together. And go ahead and say who did the song. Yeah, people loved the original it. song, Hot uh, Rod Lincoln. Com- yeah, Commander Cody Commander and the Lost Cody, Planet, the Lost Planet, Planet Airman, Airman. Right? 
They yeah. rocked. Yeah. My favorite song by Commander Cody was Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette. Yeah. You remember that? That's great music. Yeah. Great it music. Was, it was good. Look up uh, on, look on YouTube on in Commander Cody and the Lost Planet, Planet Airmen Airman. and pull up Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette. It'll be there. Believe me. I can guarantee you. That. Do you remember that song, Artie? I don't remember that. You don't song. remember I that. Don't I bet you remember it when I, I know play you remember it. it when you I probably hear it. will. I when remember Hot hear Rod it. Lincoln. I, oh yeah, I like it when they said that the that the telephone poles were going by like fin picket, poles, like a picket, yeah, picket, yeah, picket, like picket fence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then my my engine has started to knocking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. music. Good song. Oh, yeah, good that was a great song. It really, really. Did you find it there, Zach? He's he's finding it. He's going to bring it up. All, All of us and you'll be talking. country boys can relate to that. <laughs> I bet you the song that, that you really related to was, uh, what was it, Brownsville Station and Smoking in the Boys' Room. No. Did you sing to that? Smoking oh, yeah, it, that was a hit song yeah. whenever I was younger. It went, but it was uh, redone by uh, by an English group. I can't remember the name of when I was in high school. Smoking in the Boys' huh, Room was okay. redone. The no, original one, I think, was back it. in the 70s. It wasn't Mott, was it, that did that? Mott the Hoople didn't do it, did they? I know well, who I you're talking about. I can't remember it yet. Okay, well, here, here's... Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Oh, Motley Crue did it, yeah. Motley Crue. All right, so here again. You won't hear this again at probably ever on my show. <laughs> here's Commander Cody, the Lost Planet Airmen, and Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette. <laughs> With a heart of gold, the ways of a gentleman, I've been told the kind of guy who would never harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met the man who invented this cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. <laughs> now it ain't cause I don't smoke myself, and I don't figure it'll hurt my health. I've been smoking for 25 years, ain't dead yet. <laughs> Them nicotine slaves, they're all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's gotta stop when you smoke that cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Bum, 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 yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does. Tell St. Peter with the golden cup. Listen here. You just hate to make him wait. You just gotta have another cigarette. <laughs> You're so politically incorrect. <laughs> okay, and then the other great song, you were talking, we were talking about Brownsville Station. Do you remember their second big hit? Not right you off. Don't. Don't okay, know. type in Brownsville Station, Zach. <laughs> it's music trivia day. And here, here we go. Pull up the Martian Boogie. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, That's a good you one. remember, Elizabeth, remember the Martian Boogie. We'll play a little Man, Martian Boogie. Yeah, Martian Boogie. But these were second hits. First one, of course, Hot Rod Lincoln. And right. then, uh, then Brownsville Station, Smoking in the Boys' Room, which was a huge, huge hit. Yeah. And they came back with... Uh, the Martian Boogie. You got Martian Boogie for us? Here it is. Okay, a little bit of Martian Boogie. Come on, you remember this RD. <laughs> Wait till you start singing. Wait it. a minute, you'll recognize. We got to talk the story first. I got to get it in there. Oh, 
stereo, that one between your headphones. There you go. Yeah, All right. I remember it now. You know that one. Yeah. Hard rock. Have you ever heard this, Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Listen. I'm going to give you a story now. I was now. walking down the street. I was getting kind of hungry. <laughs> I decided to give me something to eat. Oh, I hadn't heard that in a Now, I passed up all the cheap franchise <laughs> joints it. on Hamburger Row and stopped at a little greasy spoon place I always eat at called Eat. Eat. <laughs> Sit and go. Get you one of those greasy hamburgers all peppered up, lay you up in the hospital for 10 days. <laughs> so I ordered me up a couple of them grease bombs. Waitress brought them over, lifted up the bun, checked them out. Damn, no ketchup. So I nudged the guy sitting next to me at the counter. I said, hey, Paul, now how about passing the ketchup over? Suddenly this little bitty green hand holding a ketchup bottle came into view. <laughs> Boy, I've been out I partying. Because <laughs> the guy sitting next to me Here you was a Martian. <laughs> All right, everybody. Sing along with now, me. Now, 28 years of eating hamburgers, I ain't never run into no Martian. Not at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> certainly not at a fine scarfing establishment like Eat. <laughs> scarfing establishment. Well, he was sitting over there with a bunch of colored sticks on his plate, and I looked over at him, and I said... What you eating there, boy? Crayons? <laughs> he said, Why, no, they're Martian cigarettes. Here, try one. Martian well, cigarettes. Well, about half hour later, mm. half hour he looked later. over at me and smiled. Them old Martians ain't got but two teeth in their head. <laughs> and he said, How do you feel? And I said, That's Martian Boogie, all right? I hope that you've heard that before. If not, go out, get on the internet, find yourself uh, the iTunes or whatever, and find something uh, that you can buy. You know, smoking in the boys' room, cut, cut of that, and Martian Boogie by Browns. Bill Station. I can't. Yeah, we're improving the education system in Arkansas. (laughs) There you go. You gotta love it, Raising the high IQ level. (laughs) We're raising rock and roll IQ level, brother. That's what we're doing. All right, quarter till three. We'll move away from playing music. (laughs) No more Uh, music. I could play now. My my favorite all time song that I heard. uh, What was it? Uh, The the late night show here on KWAY. Speaker Street. Speaker Street. I lived uh, up by uh, Chicago, and because it's a 50,000-watt station, we could get it up in Chicago at night. Yep. And Clive Clifford played a, a song for us, and I'll play it for you when you come back. It's one of my all-time favorite um, rock and roll songs, but I'll play that for you when we get back, okay? We'll Sounds do that. good. Sounds All right, don't good. forget about if you're claiming your Social Security benefits, you want to stop. You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, don't forget that that decision could trigger an avalanche taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You can void this by attending the Educational Maximizing Social Security class this Friday. And it's hosted by David Lucas, David Lucas Show, here on 101.1 FM. The answer, there is one seat remaining. 
The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. It's 18 bucks, includes a 34-page workbook maximizing your Social Security benefits. Call now, see if you can get that last seat, 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, so up by Chicago, where I was raised, northwest Indiana to be exact, on the weekends, typically on a Friday or a Saturday night, we would be able to tune in KAAY up there because it's a 50,000-watt clear channel station. Wow. And at night, they reached as far north as Canada, as far south as, as Cuba. <laughs> Little history to you when you look at if the Bay of Pigs, the special password or word that was going to use to, to launch the invasion of cuba was supposed to come over kaay hmm. they were wow. listening to okay president kennedy visited here in uh, little rock to uh, prepare for that but anyway wow I, I digress clive would come on and beaker street and that's where i first heard this song which is still to this day one of my favorite rock and roll songs uh from a group that's called blood rock and a lot of you will remember this. Here this is we the go. Part I remember. Yeah, it's a great song. This was uh, one of those songs that drew on the early 60s, and this was called Death Rock. Yep. No, here we go. guys are on keep in mind you're on you're getting legitimate reaction from these guys <laughs> oh wow man yeah, i remember this song yeah, maybe become popular right. again now that marijuana's coming here you go here you go looking at the ceiling <laughs> someone lays a sheet across my chest Something warm is flowing down my fingers. Pain is flowing all through my back. Now, these guys in concert, they had the flashing red lights and stuff because back then you didn't have the blue lights. It was red lights at that time. Spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. Spooky stuff. But there were lights. Yeah, they were like, yeah, it, it wasn't in my recreational days, no. I tried to move my arm and there's no feeling. And when I look, I see there's nothing there. Oh no, my arm's gone. The face beside me stopped it totally bleeding. The girl I knew 
And uh, Clive Clifford, that's the first place I heard it, was on Beaker Street from a station that I had no idea who they were. You know, it was uh, KAAY out of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And you would have never known how many years later, here you are. Yeah, here I am. Here we are. We were listening to KAAY up in Batesville, Arkansas, back in the early 70s. Well, that was an easy listen. Yeah, I didn't realize it was getting all out that far. All the way to Canada and all the way south I was south in Manitoba, Canada Cuba. in 73 and listened to it every single night after 7 p.m. Is Very, that right? And I, you know, I was from South Arkansas, so I could listen to my hometown station all wow, summer long amazing. when I was in Manitoba. There you go. Let's take Casey, a break. Casey. Yeah, I love that. By the way, just so you know, you may not know this, but R.D. was uh, the younger brother of the lead singer of Blood Rock, and that's a, that song's about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you lived through it. It's a perfect intro for some of your subject <laughs> well, matter later yeah, today. Yeah, <laughs> because we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about marijuana, medicinal marijuana, in the 3 o'clock hour. You're going to be uh, wanting to listen to that, the uh, marijuana uh, industry folks are going to be here the association and we're going to talk about how as an industry is it coming along since you know it's been tied up in court for so long thus far you know how has that affected the people who are wanting to get into the business and secondly in the four o'clock hour who was it is it dave couch that's going to be david with? couch david couch will be with us and uh, no not the sec quarterback for kentucky uh, this will be uh, a gentleman who wants to get uh, recreational marijuana on the you know the the ballot. I don't know whether he's wanting to do it this year or two years from now. When the poll numbers get to fifty eight percent approval, well, we will talk to him about how far away we are on that. I think we were at fifty six, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we asked him. Hey, don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. Uh, they got the big changes going on right now. They're changing their old facility at 12th Street into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. They got the new gate room. They've got the large new waiting room. Uh, if you're a woman who's had, you know, uh, some breast removed because of breast cancer, a mastectomy room that they have there to help you uh, get back your, uh, you know, self-esteem, things of that nature. And it's all because Horton's prides itself on their patient relationships that they have and keeping you happy is their priority. Remember, six locations now with the new updated facility here in Little Rock. There's also North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, Searcy. That's Horton Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. We don't have any other breaks, right? Okay, good. We don't have any other stuff. Any uh, any songs that you guys haven't heard in a long, long time? Well, I already gave you mine. The one I mind. was just telling you. Yeah, do you remember who that was? Little Feet. Oh, Dixie Little Feet. Chicken. Dixie Chicken. Dixie Chicken. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Pull that up there, Zach. Love Little Feet. Look at Little Feet. Love Little, little Feet. And then uh, that, that would have been a Clive Clifford one for yeah, sure. Yeah, you betcha. That's when I first heard. And who was it? Um, was it Purple? Purple? Deep Purple? Deep Purple. Yeah, was the song? I had Deep Purple Which Fireball one? in that. Look at me. Well, the main, you know, the first. The you are a late fireball. starter. Late starter. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, well, just go. Just start it. 
and I'll and, and we'll see if uh, if uh, Elizabeth gets up and starts dancing. <laughs> go on, hit it. Let's hear it. Here we go. Go oh, live version. Cool. Oh yeah. Dixie Chicken. Yeah. Can we just do a music show? <laughs> <laughs> Done it before. We can all bring our music in to what we like. And just write it down. We can find it faster than you can bring it in. This was rock and roll at its best. We're going to break down little, here in a minute. Little southern rock, little bit of Cajun mixed together. Here we go. Burly Funk. How's that one for you? <laughs> Calm yourself down, RD. I see I'm your feet you. moving. I see I'm your like feet. You. Yeah, it's good. This is the slower one, yeah. Because it doesn't get right into it. Yeah. Here it goes. I see the bright lights of Memphis. And the Commodore Hotel. Here we go. Yeah. Underneath the street. Also, Southern Bell. Get these stalks in here. <laughs> oh, I actually like your building music. Where you like this song, man? You like this song, man? I'm thankfully found. <laughs> yeah. I love this song. Love this song. It All probably right. did not leave my turntable for maybe and turntable for five years. We <laughs> gotta get to the news. When we come back, we're gonna talk about medicinal marijuana. We're gonna talk about the, the marijuana industry here uh in Arkansas. It's been held up some by the courts. We're gonna talk to some people that tell us what's going on. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. They're coming up next. All right. We move into the second hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Told you last week we would reach out to some different people to talk to them. There's a lot of things happening here in the state uh, about medicinal marijuana. uh, And we we called up uh, Robert DeBen. He's the president of the Arkansas Cannabis Industry Association. And he's uh, brought along with him today Kyle Felling, Dr. Kyle Felling. Let me make sure I get that in. And he's with FAST, Felling Analytical Services and Technology. He's also a member of the board for the Arkansas Cannabis Industry Association. And the reason I asked Robert to come uh, today is the Supreme Court finally turned the industry kind of Kind of loose, I guess. Uh, why don't you bring us up to date where you all feel that you're at right now as far as medicinal cannabis and where the industry is here in the state of Arkansas? Absolutely, uh, Dave, and thank you for having us on the air today. Sure. Uh, so Arkansas voters passed a uh, medical uh, cannabis amendment in, on November 8th of 2016. Uh, the rules uh, were, were promulgated uh, in the beginning of 2017, uh, the applications uh, were released in uh, June, and uh, where the due date for them was mid-September. Uh, so in between uh, late 2017, early 2018, the scoring uh, for the applications uh, occurred, and uh, 
the end of February, the, the scores were announced. Uh, and at mid-March, there were some, uh, some lawsuits uh, at, against the state. Uh, and uh, a judge ruled a, a temporary restraining order on the commission uh, from issuing the five cultivation licenses. Um, uh, that was brought to the Supreme Court, who heard the arguments at, at the beginning of June and uh, issued uh, that the uh, judge did not have subject matter jurisdiction. Uh, that order became final yesterday, uh, and that now uh, you know, releases the commission uh, to move forward. Wow, I thought it had happened a couple of weeks back, but yesterday then it all went into you know legal effect. So Griffin's ruling was actually overturned. Overturned. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I knew about that. I was just a matter of I. Here's what I was saying, Robert. I I knew it wasn't the legislature that was causing the problem. Because I know Mr. I know State Representative House, and I knew he was playing straight with everybody. Uh, there was other people that were trying to bring uh, amendments and all kinds of stuff, and I'm, he basically told them we're not going to play that game and wouldn't let those amendments move forward. And I and I give Doug House all the credit in the world about doing that because people of Arkansas had spoken. Yeah, he worked hard on it. I think. I think he. Yeah, we had he. We, we, how many times did we have him on? Six or seven times. Probably. probably yeah. Why they he, were he dealing with all with that? And he admitted that he didn't like the idea, but he he was given the job, if you will, and he Speaker of the House gave it to him. And I and I think he I think he put it back into it. Yeah, he did. He did a good job. At least that's my my feeling about it. He did a really really good job. So. Now you're at the point where you can really start moving forward with this industry. How much money, because that's what this is all about, it's always about money, always. I know it's going to help some people medically or whatever, but let me tell you what, there's a lot of politicians licking licking their chops because (laughs) they're they're going to tax it. There's no doubt about it. They're going to make money. I'm sure you all have studied this. Uh, you probably talked to other states about this. What What is your all's feeling about the industry and about how much money is going to be in this industry called medicinal marijuana? Uh, well, it definitely will be lucrative, or otherwise there wouldn't be so many people trying to get in the industry. Capitalism at its best. <laughs> However, because it is so heavily regulated, the, the startup cost is quite high. So these uh, these organizations that end up with licenses are not going to be printing money, you know, right out the door, like like a lot of people think. Uh, uh, the The capital required to build some of these facilities is quite high, and so it will take several years to. I mean, is it multiple millions of dollars to get into this business? Uh, absolutely, and it depends on on which side of the business uh, you're in. Uh, so there are five cultivation licenses and thirty two dispensaries. Uh, the dispensaries are permitted to grow a limited number of plants, but nowhere near enough uh, to meet the demand. Uh, so that's going to uh, to fall on the cultivators. And so, I mean, a lot of these facilities are going to are going to cost you know between three and ten million dollars, you know, depending on the size. So I'd uh, hate to see your electric bill. <laughs> Absolutely, it's gonna I mean, be, it's going to be high. I'm so, just telling you, with all that all that sunshine, they're going to be shining inside those buildings. Yeah, you're, you're basically creating the sun inside yes. of a building, and, and and some of these facilities in other states, I mean, they have electric bills 
uh, ranging from fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a month. Wow! Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, so they're growing. They're growing <laughs> indoors. Yes, not greenhouses. Indoor metal buildings. I'm, I'm assuming is that what we're talking about? Uh, yes. So, I mean, it, there are some greenhouse grows in other states, mm-hmm. um, but I believe that uh, that the uh, the facilities here will all be growing indoors. Now, why, why don't they use the outdoors? Is there something wrong with the sun? Is it just security yeah. reasons? No, it's, it's not only security. Um, it's also due to reproducibility. It's a medical product. Okay, you so want to be able to reproduce it over and over and over again. When you add the elements exactly of weather, you can't okay. do that. So you can make it. And controlling the environment is, is essential. I mean, everything from temperature to humidity to the, the intensity and, and the period of lights uh, that's, that's going on throughout the, the different cycles of, mm-hmm. the, of the plant. All right. Yeah. So uh, – to let everybody know, the Arkansas Cannabis Industry Association has never done a radio interview. Is that right? Uh, to my knowledge, no, they have not. Okay, so you, we're the first one because I, I like people to know what's going on. That mm-hmm. way, if there's less rumors, things tend to go smoother that way. For the folks that are in this and are going to cultivate the marijuana, how soon before the, you figure that that's going to begin now here in the state? Uh, well, if uh, if the commission elects to to award the licenses uh, here in the near future, uh, there's a, a build out period for these facilities that can range, I mean, anywhere from five to to ten months. Okay. Uh, hopefully, on the shorter end, I know that uh, that um, they're going to be quite motivated to to get them up and running quickly, so that patients in Arkansas can get the medicine that they need um, because they've been waiting uh, quite anxiously for uh, a while for that. Um, so if, if we say that there's a, a, a five, let's call it five to seven month uh, build out period um, after the facility is completed and passes its initial inspection, uh, the life cycle of cannabis is four months. So we realistically won't see any uh, any medicine available for patients for for nine months from now, assuming that the licenses are awarded quickly do you do you feel like they'll be awarded quickly do you think now that the supreme court has ruled that that's going to you know open the freeway up so to speak so that you guys can get on it and and get to where you want to get to Uh, i certainly hope so uh last week at the medical marijuana commission meeting uh they elected to uh to explore the possibility of hiring an outside firm to score these applications for dispensaries uh, there's 227, I believe, dispensary applications, uh, and there's a 25-page summary that each commissioner is required to read. So that's that's over 5,500 pages of rather technical writing to to go through. Um, and and the commissioners are are surgeons and pharmacists and attorneys. They they have day jobs. Uh, so um, going through that amount of of uh, of applications to score would take them a, a long time. So uh, everything that they're doing right now seems to be moving in the direction of, of getting medicine to patients as quickly as possible. Uh, and even though there's been some some hiccups along the way, uh, they're, I believe that's their, their number one goal. So, so are the growers actually online to start, or is that is another thing we're, we're uh, waiting on? We're, we're still waiting on. We're still waiting on the licenses for the growers, but the distributors or the the dispensaries are as another hurdle as well. Absolutely. Um However, the, the build-out process for a cultivation facility, uh, since there's going to be so few of them, is, is they have to be large enough to produce you know, quite a bit of the, of the demand. Um, 
by the by the time that the dispensary licenses are awarded, it should be around the time that cultivation facilities are coming online. Yes. And the build out for a dispensary should be much less than a cultivation facility. Right. You're just looking at a storefront basically. Basically. Well tell us a little you know, you're the doctor, uh, uh Kyle. What are we looking at as far as dis- dispensaries? What kind of rules are they going to have to follow? You're going to be kind of the guy that's going to be testing the product and all that. Are you just the middleman between the grower and the dispensary, or are you involved closely with both of them? I'm involved closely with both of them. So basically what you have to realize with this plant is when the plant is grown and harvested and dried, it has to come to a laboratory for testing to make sure it meets certain criteria for both uh, what's called potency, basically how strong of a medicine it is, mm-hmm. and for contaminants, how safe is it for a patient to consume. So when we talk about contaminants, we're talking about p- pesticides, um, heavy metals, uh, bacteria, things like that. Every time you transform that product, it has to be retested. So the flour, when it comes off, it gets tested, and then it can be sold to, say, a processor. And then a processor will transform it into a pill, and that set of pills has to be tested for contaminants. And then if they use solvents, maybe solvents in the process as well. And then but it has to be tested. It has to pass state regulations before it can be transferred to a dispensary to be sold. So ultimately, a lot of times you can see that it gets tested two to three times before it ever gets to a patient's hands all right so we've got politicians involved with this <laughs> they are the ones writing the rules up do they come to people like you to ask you about the potency and you know how it's being manufactured and all that and try to write the rules or are they doing it the smart way and turning to people like you and your fast laboratories and research and saying can you write these up so that we're meeting the, the specificity that's needed for a, a brand new industry. Luckily, there's enough precedent in the United States with Washington and Oregon and Colorado and California and Nevada. There's enough. We're the 29th state, I believe, to pass medical cannabis, Oklahoma being the 30th just in the past couple of weeks. And so there's enough precedent that they have rules and regs to look from from other states. And you can see in Arkansas's rule and regs where they've taken a little bit of Oregon, they've taken a little bit of Colorado, and they've taken a little bit of Washington and combined it together to produce a pretty good set of regulations for the state. Okay, so it was just kind of like they do with other bills, looked around, why, you know, and reinvent the wheel, find out how other people have done it, and then make it your own. Exactly. And that's what they've done. And they've opened it up for public comment back in February and March of 2017, to where we could provide comments to the commission for any needed changes. All right. So, Robert, how many people uh, are involved with the Arkansas Cannabis Industry Association? Uh, we represent about uh, 7,000 individuals. Wow. That's a lot bigger than what I thought. I thought you were going to say 700 individuals. <laughs> 7,000. I mean, do you do you let – That's everyone from patients to, uh, to applicants to ancillary businesses uh, that are involved with the industry. Okay, explain, explain about those businesses that aren't specifically dealing with cannabis, medical cannabis, but are side businesses, so to speak. Like when you're building cars, 
you know who's making the parts for the cars and things of that nature Car, cars is a good is a good thing <laughs> transportation you've got to have a way to get it from the growers to the dispensaries to the lab facilities to the processors to all of them so transportation is a big deal there will be transportation companies out there that that have to follow very specific rules on on how you transport the substance from one one area temperature to and things of that nature temperature but also security is the main thing um be, because of the the federal scheduling of the substance there's going to be a lot of cash trading hands because a lot of banks will not deal with cannabis yeah businesses. i'm going to come back yeah. and, and, and talk about that. but uh you also besides transportation you have insurance uh insurance companies people that do bonds and sureties um and, and then you also have the the uh you know, machinery manufacturers, um, you know, lighting manufacturers, uh, uh, contractors, I mean, everything, packaging uh, companies. Can I make a joke right here? Because I'm talking about, now, if I go back to college, we had the little, it looked like, uh, I don't know, something you would lay in. It was smaller than that for rolling, you know, the joint so that you didn't have to do it digitally all the time. You got, is there stuff like that that we're talking about that these companies I mean, cigarette makers have that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm assuming these other people do. Or are they, or do they? Are we going to have a big, a big uh, hire for for people who can roll doobies really good? <laughs> you know, one one interesting thing about the regulations in Arkansas is that uh, dispensaries are um, are not allowed to sell anything that requires combustion. So that would. That would be joint papers. That would be, you know, uh, uh, pipes and and everything of that nature. So, I mean, we really do have a medical focus here in Arkansas. Okay. And so, I mean, what what are we looking? I mean, are you saying that uh, you're not going to have a head shop next to a dispensary? In other words, so you're not going to be buying a bong. Well, I would imagine made by that, Tommy Chong. I would imagine that <laughs> that head shops would be trying to open up next to dispensaries. It's it's head shops will not be inside of dispensaries. Okay. So typically, you know, I'm, when you think of medical cannabis, I mean, you think of the flower uh, that that you would smoke, but really, it's it's so much more than that. There's all these other delivery systems like vaporizers, uh, infused products uh, such as as edibles and, mm-hmm. and capsules and and topicals. Uh, there, there's uh, there's a lot of cannabinoid receptors in the skin, so topicals are actually very effective at, at treating you know acute pain. Yeah, oils, things of that nature. Yeah, I'm very, very uh, aware of it. Do you see a side business? It seems like the federal government is becoming more um, open to hemp being cultivated. I mean, first president of the United States grew hemp. You know, make rope out of it and all the and all the rest. I don't know if he was watching the little animals, okay? I don't know. I can't get to that. But the bottom line, hemp is a valuable product. They've been using it in Canada for years now. Um, do you see this as becoming maybe a side business for some of these other, you know, businesses or, that are just wanting to sell the flower right now? Well, there's a there's a, a distinct difference between the cannabis that's grown uh, for medicine and cannabis that's grown for textiles. Right. Um so you wouldn't be able to use the byproducts of, of cannabis that's grown from medicine for, for those other things. Because there's THC in it? Uh, well, Would that it's be just, the reason? It, it's not as fibrous. Um, oh, okay. I mean, there's not, there's not uh, you know, a notable amount of THC in, in, in a stock. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but hemp that's grown for, for rope and, and et cetera is, is uh, like a taller, uh, like more fibrous plant. It's a, uh, a cousin of, of, 
the the cannabis that you would uh, want to smoke. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk to Robert, talk to Kyle some more. We got them here for the hour. Uh, I'm I'm putting them through the questions that I have, and then we'll open the phone lines up if you have a question to talk to them, like do they know where these are going to be located at, things of that nature. Talk to Kyle about how they test this stuff to make sure that it has the, the necessary uh, medicinal uh, properties that people want. We'll talk all about that as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. R.D., pull a microphone over real quickly to you. Let's talk about uh, Sonny's uh, Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Of course, everybody knows uh, you're on my show every Tuesday. You are the uh, the great potentate over there at, uh, at Sonny's. You run it. You're the man. When people call in, what should they know? I mean, they should know what they're looking for, I guess. It's always handy to have the VIN number of your car. We have software to run the VIN number so we can find all the specs of your car. So if you if you call in, if the year making model is good, but the VIN number is better, we can tell what gear ratio it's got and what transmission it has in it. So if you have your VIN number, we can have all of our parts listed in the computer electronically. We can get the right part number for your car. We run all, We have all our parts listed correctly, so we can get you matched up with the right part. Get it on a delivery truck to you. We deliver all over central Arkansas, Conway, and Hot Springs, and and we ship to Canada and, and all over the world. I sold sent something to Canada just yesterday. So uh, our prices are usually half price, and we offer up to a three-year warranty on all parts we sell. Now, I can uh, attest that you can get what you need. I have a 2009 Corolla. We put a brand-new transmission in it from uh, uh, Sonny's. You all know, like, how many miles something has on it and things of that nature, correct? That's right. Whenever we buy the cars at the auction, we buy total loss cars. We buy cars that were still in good shape right before somebody pulled out in front of them instead of worn out cars. So when we buy wrecked cars from the insurance companies, we get the titles and and uh, with a listing of, of them. And we start them up and check them out and drive them around and test the parts and dismantle them and put them in a warehouse and get them ready for shipping. Here's the other thing that I know that people do not know enough about, and that is... I typically have a place that I take my car to to have it fixed, but when it came to putting a new engine in it, putting an engine and putting a transmission, I had you all do it. You've got the the technicians to do that. Right. We do major installations like motors, transmissions, transfer cases, and rear ends. So whenever we install them, you have a parts and labor guarantee. So if we install it, and if there's any type of a problem, then we take care of the labor and the part also. So, uh, uh, so you'll have one place to call to get your problem taken care of. Told you, it's a place to go. N- the number to call nine eight two seven four five one nine eight two seven four five one. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage. It's your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Robert uh, DeBen is here, the president of Arkansas cannabis industry association kyle felling is here he's with fast laboratories and research felling analytical services and technology and uh, they'll talk about the testing and all the rest we'll open the phone lines up to you when we return here on the dave ellswick show all right back uh, to the second half of this hour talking about medicinal marijuana next hour we'll move over to recreational marijuana because uh Dave Couch, is that his name? 
All right, Dave Couch. David uh, will join us, and we'll talk about uh, recreational marijuana and how far away is that because, uh, to be honest, I think that the, it's just a changing of the guard. Uh, the people now that are my age grew up with this plant being around and being used, and I don't think they have the problem that uh, the the World War II generation had uh, about it. And I think that it's going to end up being legalized completely. Uh, sooner or later, the federal government's got to come around on this and declassify uh, this this plant, and I think they will do that. There's no reason this plant sh- – somebody who's selling, let's say, an ounce, or in my day it was called the lid, and uh, was selling a lid of marijuana should – be put in jail like somebody would be selling an ounce of, uh, of black heroin, yeah, or, black tar or, or heroin. What's even or crazier is they're putting people in prison for for owning drugs, maybe longer than what you, what you have for someone who's committed an actual crime. Oh, like yeah. they, maybe they've murdered somebody. Well, or, let's let's be honest here. All right, it is an actual crime. Well, it's, right? a, it's illegal. All right, it is not <laughs> correct to be it's to not be a, doing it's, it. It's not a human rights violation in the right. sense of murder or. Well, we're on live on uh, on Facebook on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page, and let me just have you move over to the microphone, uh, Elizabeth, because you're following that. What are some of the questions that people who are watching on Facebook are asking? I, I've got two of them. Uh, one, how do they, I would assume that means you gentlemen, how do they reconcile the fact that for every one study that says it is helpful, there are ten others that say they aren't and it is actually harmful? Question number one. All right. But, okay, let's let him answer that. I, I can Go speak ahead. to that. Go to it, Kyle. Um, if you Google helpful effects of cannabis, you're going to get thousands of hits. Mm-hmm. If you Google harmful effects of cannabis, you're going to get thousands of hits. But due to the federal illegality of this, cannabis is really one of the least studied medicines that is out there because doctors don't want to touch it for the most part. Researchers don't want to touch it, can't touch it for the most part because the federal government's not going to fund their research. So, And they might arrest them. And they might arrest them. Right. So as it becomes more mainstream, as it becomes legalized, you're going to see a whole lot more research come out. Some will be positive. Some will be negative. A lot of times you have to look at who wrote it. It's going to be biased in some way or another. Well, if we go by that, all right, by studies, look at alcohol. There's studies that have the bad effects of alcohol. There's been studies of the good effects, you know, and, uh, you know, red red wine versus uh, white wine and all kinds of stuff. So you'll have plenty of empirical knowledge to look, and then you can make your particular choice on whether to use it uh, or not. All right. What's the what's – the, uh, we'll, we'll come back, Robert, and just say – What's the other question, Elizabeth? The other question is, how also do they reconcile the fact in places it was legalized that welfare and food stamps and Section 8 has gone through the roof and is essentially bankrupting those states? All right. Robert, you get two tough ones right right, (laughs) right at one time. All right. They're throwing fastballs at you. Go ahead. Uh, that that's the first time that uh, that I've heard that. And I I'm honestly not sure that that is uh, that's accurate. Um, So. 
There's also, but I read it on the internet. It's got to be true. <laughs> there, there's also evidence that violent crime and others have fallen in states where it's been legalized for both adult use and medicinal use. Well, I think another thing that's kind of interesting. I've seen some of the statistics. People will say that well, the the incidence of of people having marijuana in their system in, in car accidents has maybe doubled or tripled. But sometimes when you look at those numbers the, from the previous year, you know it was three people the previous year, and so if it doubles to, to or, or triples to, to ten people or whatever it might be, then that's not really a very big increase, and it might be solely due to the fact they started testing for it. Well, the other problem with if you talk, start talking about car accidents and even workplace uh, testing for people who use cannabis is there's no good test for a person that's actively under the influence of cannabis. With it, you can tell if a person's used it in the past three to four days, mm-hmm. but that doesn't say what's happening at that moment it, it in time. It doesn't tell you if they're actually um, impaired. Right. All right. Back to Robert. Uh, I'd also like to say there's one study that uh, has been done in Colorado by the state uh, that actually shows that uh, cannabis use in minors has decreased since it has been uh, since it's been legalized and regulated and uh, and and children are educated uh, on it. Okay, all right. It's not as sec- not not as sexy anymore when it's when it's legal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. A couple a couple of questions crossed my mind. And again, phone number is eight two three zero nine six five. If you got a question, eight two three zero nine six five. Understand that medical marijuana is a state legal product now. All right. Not federal legal product. The federal government has chosen to look the other way uh, when it comes to marijuana at this time. If they wanted to bust down on everything, they could. I think that they would be stunned at how states would react to that, wouldn't be happy with it. Uh, 29 states have medicinal marijuana. Now, should the federal government try to supersede the votes of 29 states the people in 29 states i think that uh, uh-huh. not, be a bad idea not, not to mention the constitutional issues with it i think is a really good constitutional case to say that this is no business of the federal government oh it would end up anyway. in the supreme court it, it, it would be years i mean before they could do anything. back with alcohol prohibition at least they had the decency to pass a constitutional amendment you know two weeks ago uh, interestingly enough uh, the fda approved a pharmaceutical called epidiolex mm-hmm. uh, which is uh uh, derived from cannabis, uh, it doesn't contain any THC, but it does contain CBD uh, that's actually derived from cannabis. So federally, we're moving in the right direction. Okay, so as far as, let's say, the seeds that it's going to take to cultivate the product, how is that brought into the state under legal authority? Uh, immaculate conception. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Arkansas uh, actually passed a law that, that permits uh, license holders to import uh, uh, the the things required to to get those going um, okay. initially. Uh, federally, that's still highly illegal to cross state lines, but uh, no no one's really talking, or I think will talk about how that how that will happen. And then how do you how do you get around the the problem as Kyle referred to earlier, and you've referred to it, and that is. You know, a lot of banks, in fact, most banks are not going to get involved with this. And we've referred to how do you move the money around and where do you put the money in the banks and all of that. So, you know, that's a that's a big question. You know, we, we go back to the old West and train robbery kind of 
things. I mean, that you're going to have to have all kinds of, you know, people protecting your products and all the rest. Absolutely. Uh, but you can see in other states that, that have legalized uh, cannabis in some form or another that the banks are actually banking them uh, and, 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 uh, and are writing checks uh, from one to another, from a dispensary to a cultivation facility. Well, let me stop you. Are they making this, like, super secret that you got to you know, cross your eyes and you know, put out your tongue while you shake hands or something like that? Uh, well, there's there's definitely a lot of regulation involved, but it's uh, it's actually uh, totally legal under federal guidelines. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, the federal government does not want this much cash on the streets. I mean, that's that's not good for anyone. Uh, and uh, I know of at least two banks here locally in the state that have uh, that have stated that they're going to be banking the industry. Um, so. Uh, and, and most of the time it takes when, when states adopt you know a legal cannabis program it takes a good while before banks are willing to do so uh, but I'm actually proud of Arkansas for for jumping on it and, and getting the cash preventing the cash from ever really being on the street is, is that possibly because there's been other states that have already done this and they've done their due diligence and studied the the different programs that these states go and see how to do this i do know that one of the banks that that have intentions of doing this have been in close contact with banks out of colorado mm-hmm. on how they follow how to properly follow federal regulations it all comes down to some some i'm not a banker but something to the effect of the certain percentage of the bank's income cannot be from illegal activities okay so so they've just got to wow. they've got to make sure they keep their cannabis income below that of their other customers i guess why don't we pass that law for the legislature <laughs> yeah i go along with that that's 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 keep their illegal the, the banks the banks that are uh, that are participating in this program uh, they have to to verify that all of the funds that are deposited uh, where they came from. So uh, the state has adopted a software to uh, called it's a seed to sale tracking software uh, that monitors every transaction, wow. and so the bank will actually have to to verify each one of those. Wow, that you know, as you listen to each of these things that they say they have to do, your product goes up in cost. Absolutely. You know, uh, the bottom line is when there's costs like that. They're usually passed on to consumers. Yeah, the, uh, I know there are banks in Colorado that actually charge uh, uh, cultivators five thousand dollars a month just to have an account with them because there's so much that they got to go through for them. Right. I mean, they have to hire people to to you know do these audits, wow. um, and then it's a it's an added cost to the bank. So let me ask you, Kyle, you're going to charge special rates for cultivators and for sellers because. You know, you don't have to do this, but you choose to do this as a company. Surely you look to make some kind of profit. Well, if you're in business, you have to make some profit or yes, you're, you or you're not, or you're not going to stay, stay in business in long, right. very long. You don't have the um, government. You can't. There, there's a fine line between making a profit and gouging your customer mm-hmm. because you can. And, and I like to think that I'm not the only lab in the state. We're going to there will be friendly competition between us and we'll kind of keep each other in check by our own prices but it's going to be enough to run our business and make a a modest profit at the same time all right last question before i take another break and and that is how do you go about looking at potency and looking at the product and knowing uh you know got your seal of approval or 
USDA or whatever it is that you all are going to have. All right, you use a bunch of fancy terms like chromatography and and things like that, but basic basically you you transform the product um, into and place it into a machine. You can think of it as a big black box if you want to okay. that will separate it into its components. And then by looking at how how much each component shows up, like a spectrometer, yeah, like a spectrometer, okay, you'll be able to tell this has this much THC in it. It has this much CBD. It doesn't have any mercury, but it might have some arsenic here. And then and then you line that up with uh, with the regulations, and you can you can say, okay, this stuff is good to go. It's it's safe for a patient to consume. This stuff has this problem. You can't sell it. You, okay. have to, you either have to do one of two things: either remediate it or trash it. How how will this affect you all, Robert? I've been following California because recreational marijuana was okayed there. They had medicinal first, and then now recreational. They have changed the rules for how to measure, you know, how much THC and what you can have in it, and. There's a big brouhaha going on out in California about this right now. Are yeah, you guys absolutely. are you guys looking kind of two maybe a couple of years down the line because I I don't see it longer than two years it being on the ballot for recreational. Well, California's testing laws uh, are, are really just catching up with what we already have implemented in Arkansas, and Kyle can definitely speak to that more than I can. But I, I know that uh, okay. when when those were adopted on July first that uh, that the businesses in California had to throw out tens of millions of dollars worth of product yeah. and just incinerate it. Yeah, and they're, they're, they sold it cheap for a while while they could. I mean, they were, it was it was a pardon to the, the the joy. It was a fire sale going on. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, that's one of the the things that I'm really proud of of the the state uh, for adopting rules from these other states. You know, they they didn't have to to. to start with a blank a blank uh, a blank sheet of paper and so uh, because we have those in place uh, i think that our program is actually going to uh, look a lot better than uh, than some of these others and, and after it's it uh is actually up and running i think we're gonna have fewer hiccups all right when we come back a few more questions uh if you want to call in ask question eight two three oh nine six five i think everybody's waiting for the recreational guy to come on hundred <laughs> percent guarantee satisfaction from uh, the folks at Aero Plumbing, don't forget uh, you get all of their vital information at aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aero Plumbing. You'll find out that if you're not 100% satisfied with their service that they've provided to you, they'll refund all your money. Or if their plumber comes into your house and starts cussing because he hit his finger or whatever, or he doesn't wear his shoe covers that he should be wearing, or somehow you find out he hasn't been drug tested, you don't pay for that service either. And if a repair fails in the first year, they're going to repair it again at no charge to you. That's aeroplumbing.net or on the Internet just under Google, Aeroplumbing. All right, Paul had a question for our guest, Robert DeBin, from the uh, he's president of Arkansas Cannabis Industry Association, uh, Kyle Felling. Uh, as well as part of this association, and he is going to be doing. Uh, he's going to be one of how many firms doing testing? Do you know uh, yet? Four laboratories I know of in state. Okay, so he's with Fast. That's the Felling Analytical Services and Technology uh, Laborator- uh, Laboratories and Research. If you want to reach him, uh, he's up in Greenbrier. Phone number there. 
is uh, 501-402-9789. And by the way, you can text him there as well. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, so what's going to happen if they get um, recreational marijuana on the ballot? And I assume with that, people will be allowed to grow their own at that point. Maybe it wouldn't, but what, what's going to happen to the, the people who have invested all this money into the medical side? Is it well, going to just if, – If it passes for adult use, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can grow it on your own. Okay. Uh, it depends upon what, how the amendment is written. If it's passing, right. passed in amendment form or if it's a statute, it depends on what the legislature will allow. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you can grow it at home, you will still have a need for cultivators. I like to put it this way. We can all grow tomatoes at home, but not, not all of us do. All of us do, right. So um, I, I think if adult use passed, it it would only help the cultivator's business. It wouldn't Maybe. hurt them. Okay. In, in other states where you see adult use and medical, you typically can see cheaper prices for the medical patients mm-hmm. rather, than, rather than adults and specialized products for them. And, and those cheaper prices are often due to lower taxes on, on the medical than on recreational. Okay. Uh, but, but most of the states that have, uh, that have moved to uh, adult use after, uh, after being medical, uh, the, uh, the existing... Uh, existing businesses have adopted uh, adult use as well and have two businesses. Or, or sometimes it's the same store that's kind, kind of divided, kind of, kind two, of dual, two separate dual, entrances. Dual pricing. So I have one more question that's kind of related. Quick, so, quickly. so are you going to be able to keep the prices below the black market prices to be able to compete? <laughs> it's kind of a – It was a problem early right, on we were in Colorado, but that cleared up after some time. Yeah. Yeah, and in and, and Colorado, the prices have have uh, have gone down quite a bit because there are, um, I mean, the market is flooded with the adult use. Um, but I mean, there's there's definitely you know added regulation and red tape around producing uh, producing medical cannabis uh, within the guidelines. Um, but really, that's just something that the market is going to going to determine. All right, quickly, Robert, you had some breaking news that something just happened. Uh, yes, we just received uh, received word that the Medical Marijuana Commission uh, has moved forward with awarding the uh, the cultivation licenses. Okay, with so. that with that mind that mindset set for us, uh, I'm going to let you kind of look into your crystal ball. How long do you think before the first product hits the market? Uh, I'm April of 2019. Okay, so as soon as spring of next year. That, that's a, a little bit better than, well, we're not exactly sure that we got when this whole thing started. Yeah, hopefully in time for April 20th. Okay, yeah, 420. I do 420, right? Got to have that. Are you familiar with that, R.D.? No, I'm not familiar okay, with that. Okay, that's a, a special day for the marijuana smoke-ins. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Now, it's also, isn't it Hitler's birthday as well? I think that might be the case. Is, will will an employer get a notice if they have someone that's taking this? As far as if I've got someone that's operating heavy equipment at my job, will I know if that heavy equipment operator is on me- medical? Uh, Sixty seconds. They they will not uh, receive notice. No, um, uh, the, the <laughs> medical patients are are protected. Uh, their identities are protected even through uh, freedom of information. Um, and I, I believe state authorities um, can only uh, certify that that a. A, a patient or a card is is uh, is real, uh, but it, it is it is not on your record. 
Okay, qu- other question That's goes scary. along with this at 60 seconds, and that is uh, how difficult will it be to get a medical marijuana card? Well, if you have one of the 18 qualifying conditions, uh, it's it's certainly not difficult. Uh, a unique thing about our state is that uh, physicians are not required to prescribe or recommend the use of medical uh, cannabis. They, uh, they're only required to certify that you have a condition. So uh, if you'd like to learn more about how to get a card, you can go to our website, which is arcannabis.org, uh, and click on Get Legal. Uh, there we have, uh, uh, we have a doctor locator as well. So if your physician is, is unwilling to, to certify the, the form, you can look and see where uh, another physician that's willing to is in your area. arcannabis.com.org. Dot .org. And we'll put, it, we'll put it on Facebook. You'll be able to see it there. That's all the time we got, gentlemen. I thank you for coming in. Thank we'll you have so you back again in the near future. This is Dave Ellswick's show. We got news coming your way. You guys are going to love this. Uh, Shane Stacks just point, uh, posted today. I can give uh, two rats less about sports, but you better believe I'll watch France versus England if that ends up being the World Cup final match. <laughs> the French, the frogs against the English. That would be kind of interesting to say the least. That really would be. All right, uh, David Couch is our uh, guest this hour. He uh, is a man that they go to and talk to about medicinal marijuana. It was your particular wording that ended up on the ballot, and people voted for it, and they uh, they made medicinal marijuana legal in the state. Now, the next question that came up, I'm sure, about 30 seconds after that <laughs> vote went through was, David, when do you think recreational marijuana will be made legal in in arkansas because it's it seems to follow that pattern and yeah uh, yes. <laughs> state rep there you go um he, he called me and said that uh that gilliman the governor had asked him to chairman this and that, that he had uh you know been opposed to it and didn't really uh, uh see the need for it at the time i think he may have just changed his mind now uh, but that he was a colonel and that he was used to following orders, even if he didn't like it. And this is in the Constitution. And by golly, we were going to follow the will mm-hmm. of the people that's and pretty, implement this. That's pretty much what he told us, as I recall. Yeah, 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 I, that's I, that's I exactly what he said. It's part of the Constitution Right now. day after the election. That's what mm-hmm. he said. Yeah. Yeah, do, do what needs to be done. Are you worried uh, or will you change the wording of uh, your petition to try to avoid some of the problems that have happened with medicinal marijuana. Well, absolutely. You know, we when we drafted the medicinal part, you know, it it's really a different industry totally than recreational use because um, you have patients and product and you're a little bit more concerned about the end, end product. Mm-hmm. Uh, recreational will probably do it more along the lines of alcohol. I, I promise you I won't let the commission decide this. We'll probably <laughs> the same way. That the ABC does with liquor stores, we'll probably do it as a function of a number of residents in the state and then just let people apply and uh, draw it out of a lottery just like they do alcohol store liquor stores. Okay. All right. That sounds so, – it's, it's interesting. Go ahead, so, so I guess one of, the, one of the problems that we saw during the legislature, or at least one of the frustrations, was that when the people voted on the amendment, it was to, to legalize medical marijuana right. as opposed to just – decriminalizing it which if you just decriminalize it then it's the government doesn't have anything to do it's just I, I that, agree. Which, which is the perfect solution i think generally speaking and then just hold people accountable when they're threatening to hurt people or whatever whatever it is they 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 
do if uh, if marijuana is ever actually a dangerous product from exactly, that perspective, yeah. which maybe it is. I, I'm not. I've never really messed with it. Yeah. But um, so I, I guess that was one of the frustrations I think with some legislators legislators that we talked to is that it's a big mess that they're trying to build a basically a giant bureaucracy from scratch, and it would have been so much easier to have just. Okay, can we just stop arresting people for it? Just, I, just decriminalize this I, stuff. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, you have to draft a measure to get it passed from the public. I understand. And and the minute you put, you know, there was issue seven out there that had grow your own in it, and mm-hmm. we would poll that, and it would never got over right. 50%. And, and so I understand that. And so so one of my issues with the, with the legalizing it, and even if it's in, in baby step form, like mm-hmm. what, what's going on here, is that I think the, the – the war on drugs in general, but and marijuana more specifically, I suppose, is is it the black market nature of it makes it incredibly dangerous. I think. I agree, and, and so it's. I think a big percentage of the murder rate is due to the black market nature of, of these things. The government really shouldn't have ever made illegal in the first place. Now, I, but we still need to make murder illegal. But, but sure. one, I agree. But one point, Paul. If, if you're high and driving, no matter what drug you're on, right. if it's legal or not, and that's, if you're and, high or driving, and the problem is, it's how do you test people? And uh, I've, I've own a business with people that run heavy forklifts right. and, and run equipment all the mm-hmm. time, and my wife and kids driving up and down the highway all the time, right. and um, I don't want uh, I don't want people high on anything driving up and down the road. Well, then you, the same issue with. with with marijuana that you would have with alcohol and you deal with that right now right. i think in colorado they've developed uh, more and more testing with respect right. to the thc levels in your blood and how you can almost detect that you know and then you go back to the days before we had a blood alcohol test in it arkansas was it was shows. like a sobriety check your eyes are crossed you're weaving you, all over you, the road i don't think lines or yeah. i don't think they've come up with that yet to where yeah. i've been reading where i have a good test where i, I can't Make somebody come in and get on a forklift. I can't make them stand on one foot. Well, you and, can, you, and count well, you to, can, and count you, to you, ten. I, I, I don't suppose know. You could, you could try it. So I, if you don't do I this, guess, you're fired, but, but I guess probably going to be good for the drug kit testing companies because yeah. I think drug testing for businesses are probably about to go up. I I, I think the drug testing is already there, <laughs> and they just test not now. that on, just yeah. not that often. But you know, I think it's about to get more rigorous and more often. And I'm not against workplace safety, so I mean, you know, so <laughs> so, personal responsibility has to go there as well. Here's a bit of an interesting question. So, if if it is legalized for recreational use, do you think drug use will go up or down? I think it goes down. I think it will. I do. I mean, I think in especially alcohol use goes down. If you see, uh, look at uh, since they've legalized uh, uh, marijuana in Colorado, the mm-hmm. alcohol numbers have decreased mm-hmm. uh, purchases. Interesting, but their traffic-related deaths due to marijuana use has gone up, of course. But but I don't know what the numbers are. But you know, uh, if you got more people getting high on marijuana, you're automatically going to have more traffic issues on marijuana. Well, I don't think that I don't think more people are going to get high on marijuana. I think that you know they may substitute marijuana for alcohol, or you know, if you look at the traffic-related deaths, it's always been a mixture of. Marijuana and or alcohol, so you can slice one those may, statistics. Yeah, one may go way. down. I think, I think their marijuana related has gone up like almost fifty percent. But I don't know. Alcohol, alcohol may have gone down because that that may be that may be one <laughs> of those know. things that, if I understand it correctly, marijuana is not nearly as um, prone to cause driving problems yeah. as alcohol is. And that, so, if, if people, that's because you can't 
drive past a, a fast food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you go too slow. You, know? yeah, can't get get by, you can't uh, get by the Taco Bell, uh, I'm just saying. There was a guy in Mountain View like that. You could tell how much he'd been drinking by how fast he was driving. The yeah. more he drank, the slower he got. I don't know yeah. if that's true to marijuana or not. I, I would say probably so. <laughs> probably but it so. Is. But it's you know it it, it I, I think that there'll be a bigger tax on it. You know Colorado has like a twenty five percent tax, and so if you look at Arkansas now, we're because of our initiative and referendum process. You know we're unique among a lot of the states. Although Oklahoma may actually legalize uh, recreational come November, I mean they're making a legitimate they're effort real to do pushing that. on it right okay. now. They just legalized. Talk about go fast. They just legalized uh, medical in May, mm-hmm. the primary. So, oh wow, yeah, they're they're really in, really in a hurry. So, um, you know, there'll be a period of time because uh, it'll take Texas a long time to do it, Mississippi, Louisiana. It'll take them a long time because they have to get through their general assembly. So, if we did do recreational marijuana in Arkansas and you do the tax rate, that you know, I hate to give those guys out there a lot more money to play with, but there would be a lot more money to, you know, 125 to $150 million in new tax revenue. Yeah, that's what I, I was just getting ready to ask. What what are the legitimate numbers those that are legit, is out yeah. there? 125 to 150 million dollars, yeah. You know, that's, that's almost exactly the same uh, Paul and RD that they're talking about now that we'll be able to tax the Internet. Oh, that might yeah. go up. Now, think about those two. <laughs> Put them together. That's two hundred fifty million dollars. That's a quarter of a quarter billion. billion dollars. Man. Quarter of a billion dollars well, just between those two. Well, we're having to pay a higher percentage of you know Medicaid expansion. I think federal mm-hmm. funding is nine point eight billion, and we'll be up to paying ten percent of nine point eight billion here That's in another year. So uh, maybe good timing on that. You might be able to get ACE to stand out mm-hmm. and gather signatures. <laughs> I, I tell you what, <laughs> y'all might not agree with this or not. You know, I just did a minimum wage petition. I just and so I hired. That was my canvassers out there doing that. Okay. And I will tell you that that the when they would turn in the number one question they would say to me was like everybody's saying where's the marijuana petition they were ready to sign it this year so uh, you know it's kind of a so did you, did unofficial you get, poll did you get the um, minimum wage on the ballot? I did did you really okay I turned the signatures in to Tuesday you know they got to count them we'll be a little short we'll have to do the cure minimum wage we'll get it on the ballot yeah well, that'll be good there'll be a whole lot of people a lot more people out of work in my opinion on that you can't hire <laughs> people for what they're worth if they're not worth <laughs> what they're making right now, then we can't hire them. So I, I think a, there'll be a lot less people starting the first ring on the ladder. I've, I've got a story about that from this morning. Maybe we can tell, talk about it after a bit or if we have time now. All right. We'll take a break first. Okay. All right. We've got to get that done. 20 minutes after 4, our guest is David Couch. got a great first name. And uh, he'll be back with us here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have I? All right. Back with you. And uh, good to have David Couch here. He is uh, the man that helped pass medicinal marijuana. He's the one who put the petition together. He's the one that made sure the necessary uh, signatures uh, got uh, out and signed to that. That's not an easy thing to do, I can tell you. After I was here for two years and got involved with Carl Kimball and Tim Jacob, mm-hmm. and uh, that's we, we got getting rid of the food tax on the uh the bill on on the on the ballot didn't get it passed because it took us about a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars to get the signatures there and we didn't have anything to back it up and 
run ads. Was that in the 90s? No, no, it was, that was in uh, 2002. Because Tim and I tried that in the not, mm-hmm. I worked with Tim in the, in the 1990s. Tim. Tim and, yeah, Tim. Well, Tim, Tim was very We tried to take this for, sales tax off of food because I wrote can, the measure can, and it was sent to Winston get, Bryant was the attorney general at the time. Can, yeah. can, can you help us get the um, property taxes eliminated? Yeah. No, so we, we can do work anything. On we, that. This is the great thing about Arkansas in our initial referendum. You can do whatever you want. You can draw up a, a petition, get it through the attorney general, maybe. And maybe. <laughs> uh, if you do it, then collect signatures and, and let the yeah. people decide. Regnant populace, that's our motto, and it works. You know, and a lot of people complain about our current attorney general. Let me tell you what. At the time that we were doing it, the, the attorney general was even uh, became, a, a, became a, a senator. Mm. Okay. He left, and he was just as bad. I'm just telling you, he was just as bad because governor didn't want it. Mm. A lot of uh, elected officials didn't want it. Well, how, how are we going to run the government if we don't steal money from the people? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff that was going on. And they, they figured out more ways to steal. Well, they, they won in the end because they, they got UAMS and they got the schools and they got mm. others to say, all that money had disappeared will become a banana republic. Mm. And I said, look around you. No, I'm just saying. And look at it now. Like yeah. We did well. Look, look I mean, what, yeah, and, and, and it's doing all right. Food, yeah. Oh, we stopped, we stopped that with this tax group. You know, they said, well, we're just looking at everything. And I said, stop looking at that. <laughs> you know, and the governor finally came out and yeah. said, don't look at it. Well, back when, when Mr. Cox was doing most of his initiatives, um, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the attorney general that was so bad. It was the secretary of state. Yeah. And he would, you know, throw Jerry's petitions out for really oh, just for one reason or another. Stuff, yeah. You know, like, oh, we don't like the way these are formatted. They're all gone. So you know, mm-hmm. why did you say is here? I would have said, ask Bill Clinton. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Anyway, David, it, it's good to have you here, and we're gonna. I'm going to open the phone lines up. That's sure. all right. I'm good. You can talk to uh, David here at 823-0965, 823-0965. Been really busy today on the Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook. You've been watching the, uh, uh, the broadcast, the stream that we're doing. Uh, feel free to make your statements uh, underneath the the picture, so to speak. Somebody wrote something in about, uh, we were talking about checking, uh, about knowing if a person is stoned or drunk or whatever. Go ahead and read that if you would. The comment is, call any law enforcement agency and ask for one of their drug recognition experts. They can tell you what the valid court-tested field impairment tests are, how accurate they are, are at finding if subject is under the influence of marijuana or not this individual says i think that it should be legalized and taxed like alcohol and cigarettes okay so we'll, we'll give a call to the state police or somebody local and see if they'll come on and talk about that i think it's pretty pretty self-evident if you watch cops or you watch uh, what is it the uh, Bad law enforcement, well, PI or whatever that is. That, you know, they stand you up and yeah. touch your nose and walk a straight line. Can you turn around and walk the other way straight line? A lot of time, people on marijuana though can pass those tests because it doesn't. It really doesn't impair you in some of those ways. Oh yeah, as bad does. as as alcohol does. <laughs> oh but, yeah, it does. If it's but, good uh, weed, I'll guarantee you. It, it, it I was to- I was told by a trooper that they have a test that can tell if you've used it in the last three or four days, but they can't tell you how recent it was. All right. Got to get to the news. We'll be back with more. 
All right, back with you. RD's here. Elizabeth's here. Paul's here. They'll be here with me until 5 o'clock, as will David Couch, who is with us, talking about uh, recreational marijuana. Uh, we have passed in the state medicinal marijuana, and historically, as you look at it now in the United States, if they pass medicinal in a state, the whole thing of having just uh, recreational marijuana seems to follow on its footsteps. That's true. And that's that's the path that it's happened. If you look at, I don't know if you all saw this, but last week the Republican Party of Texas endorsed the full legalization of marijuana. I did not see that. That is true. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, that'll make wow. it. It's going to be an interesting discussion then there in the House and the Senate. It is. That is they're behind it now because they have to get it through. They're, they don't have the initiative. They have to get it through. So, uh, huh. well, oh, okay. So they don't have an initiated process. So they have to get their senators. And legislate their, their that, you know, that really is interesting. The Republican Party, Republican Party of Texas. Oh, wow, that's a. I'm telling you, Paul. When it comes down to dollars and cents, <laughs> that's true. It comes down right. to dollars is and that, cents. Is that Repub- why it went that way? Is that was that the well, rationale? That would, be, that would be my guess. Republicans like money. I mean, yeah. is that is? I mean, did they say why? Did they say what their backing was for it, or just that they endorsed it? No, this I didn't read it in, in that great a detail. No, I just we, thought we, it was like interesting we, that we they did it. We don't know if it was because they like liberty or because there's some yeah some angle. And I've always been, you know, that's been a big, you know, one of the reasons that we did Arkansas is that you know I thought we would be this little green state for a long time and mm-hmm. and and have a, a kind of an exclusive tax base on mm-hmm. marijuana for a while, but. Uh, you know, and everybody else is seeing it, and the Republicans are seeing it, and it's going to. I don't want the government, have any, government yeah. to have any money out of it. I just want people <laughs> to stop going to jail for it. Well, that's the easiest I mean, part to do. And and the and the one thing about the recreational that would be included in it is that, you know, you would expunge everybody's records that has a marijuana offense, so you well, would go back and pardon all those crimes. So that's that's big. That's all big. Right. They did not. They did not vote for the legalization, huh. the decriminalization, decriminalization okay. of of marijuana. I just looked it up because I, I had a hard time I believing I know the difference. <laughs> that they make the first the first shot at it would be yeah. let's legalize it. You know the whole thing. But uh, oh, oh, High Times got a huge article <laughs> about it. Texas Republicans come out in support of uh, marijuana decriminalization. What's, what's the difference? I, I, I'm fixing to say, what's the difference? What, what is That's the difference in that decriminalization? Dead, well, you can't, I can't you, even say you it. can't go and tax it or anything like that. So it's decriminalized, so it doesn't. They don't have to like Jacksonville. Well, we, we talked about yeah. this just the other day. I got the story still Maybe right here. That. They're switching their pot tactics to just handing out. Uh, okay, uh, so a it's little, a, it's sort of. Uh, it's more like a speeding ticket then, or is, it, is yes. that what they're making? It, that's, that's still it's a misdemeanor. Well, it depends on what, if it's Pay a fine. If it's truly decriminalized, decriminalized, it's truly, truly decriminalized that then would, it's legalized. It's legalized, I, mean, I, mean, I would think. Because, I, would think so. I mean, a speeding ticket's a criminal offense. Mississippi did it a long but, time ago, um, decriminalized marijuana possession. It's a citation, well, a civil penalty there. Interesting. How, how about alcohol? I, I mean, how about alcohol? I mean, alcohol is legal. Right, but you can't be going down the road no. with an open container no. and, and drinking go, while going drinking well, and driving I, at the I same time. I am going time. to assume if people vote on the legalization of recreational marijuana, uh, part of that will say that you can't be, you know, you can't have a bong in the front seat oh, while you're right, driving exactly. down the road or whatever. You think they might not even make, you know, things like bongs and stuff legal? 
as Tommy Chong found out. Yeah, right. You can't think, use it on your job place and you Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can't be work, smoking at work or whatever. Yeah, I don't think hardly anybody's actually in favor of of people doing things with drugs that makes them dangerous. Well, typically when they make it legal, it's not to be smoked in public. Hmm. Is that is that that's, the, is that's that true. Not that's the case? for some weird reason people don't want you to smoke marijuana. I mean, Florida legalized medical marijuana at the same time that right. we did and their general assembly and the governor passed a bill to ban smoking marijuana right. for medical purposes yeah. even. in arkansas we did a little differently they they, they, some, they some tried, tried to, to do that i think but. and then what they ended up doing is saying that that the dispensaries were required to educate the patients and have bongs and vape pens available and no rolling papers hmm. yeah i find that interesting <laughs> so no zigzags Go zigzag, but you can have a bomb. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's hard to find anybody in Arkansas to take a firm stand on anything. <laughs> That's true in many cases, Artie. You know that. You've been up during the session. You but know how it is. We've got the best fence straddlers in the whole world. Mm. It's like nail and jello to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's worse than that at times. Water. <laughs> Trying to nail water to Say, the wall. stand for something. Pick a side, brother. Yeah. yeah that's hard, to, that's that's hard right. to do a lot of times. All right, so... Let me ask you this, David. I mean, how do you get the necessary funds behind these petitions? Do you have all just uh, volunteers, or do you no, have, do you um, pay for the signatures to be gathered? Yeah, we've raised the money, fortunately, over the last uh, couple of cycles from um, either people in the state of Arkansas that were interested in this or outside organizations whose mission is to do this. And so we okay. waste the funds that way. Yeah, I, I people don't realize if you're going to try to do it just with volunteers, you might as well plan on failing. Right. I mean, seriously, you're going to fail. It is. You got it is a difficult process because not only is it just getting the necessary signatures, it's getting the necessary signatures plus so many in this area, so many in this county, and, right. and whatever. It's it's a very tedious process. It is. You can't load up on just the populous counties. It has to be statewide, and you have to have a certain number from at least 15 different counties across the state. And yeah. it's harder now yeah. than it was. It is more difficult now because, you know, the General Assembly has enacted rules to make it more difficult for paid canvassers this is why i kind of like what tim jacobs and his group has done about term limits have you heard the the one part that they've got that if it passes if the legislature wants to try to change it back they have to personally go out and get the signatures (laughs) and cannot use state monies to do it I didn't, I've not read that in there. I yeah, it's there. That, but, you mean uh, they can't use our own money against ourselves? <laughs> yeah, we, they boy, can't. that's unconstitutional. <laughs> that's that's one. That's Let a, us refer that, another one out again. That that's a piece of legislation. Hopefully, we'll see raise its head next year. Uh, I've already talked to a state senator about because I think it's wrong for any state agency to use you know taxpayers money to, to go out and lobby oh, absolutely. against Amen. the people of arkansas well, and one of the things that, i bet you that's a third or half of the lobbyists down there are taxpayer funded and you know the one the one that i payroll. really want to zero in on is the state police <laughs> yes they're insane <laughs> are the education i mean yeah education uh, education you, you show up for a committee meeting on education and you got you got 50 state employees in there to talk about 
Yeah. education and you don't have any parents or, or any professionals yeah. on working time no less yeah on their time on our time and i give you an example of the state police is like on the petitions things you have to do a criminal background check mm-hmm. and so we use the same company to, to hire the canvassers but each group had to do a separate criminal background check on the same person and when that law was being proposed out the general assembly we complained about it but the state police wanted that way because they get paid twenty five dollars for each background uh, check. Right. So it was. Well, they didn't want to give it up. I mean, we 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 have the, we have, we had a recording of them. They probably was paying for their retirement, <laughs> retirement fund. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And we had a recording of them um, saying, "Well, we can't." Pass this law that would let people know that they can carry without a license because, well, people might stop getting licensed and yeah. we need that money. I have Same that. Thing. I, I mean, have that in our archives. I mean, I'd have people find it. But yeah, ins- I've got that lady. They, they actually admitted to it. And these were, I assume these people were on the clock being paid with our tax dollars yeah. lobbying against our rights. Yeah, I was just going to state for our listeners out there, I did tax. Uh, text John Staley and ask him if oh, yeah. they had a good roadside test for people that had been smoking marijuana and may be impaired from driving. And he said that the only test that Lone Oak County currently had was a urine test. And so they would have to take them in and do a test and send it to a lab. Yeah, because so, the test that we've talked about, about a roadside where you walk and you touch your nose and say the alphabet, you know, all the way to the end from M, you know, or whatever. Uh, that only will assess to them that they should make you blow in the in the device. Right. Typically. Right, right. So anyway. And even that, that department. Yeah. Even that's over regulation because I know a lot of parents who go to the drugstore to get the drug test at the drugstore that they test their high schoolers right oh, there yeah. on the spot, get the results in five minutes. Four dollars at Walgreens yeah. or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Not to plug anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all about money. Well, that's Elizabeth, just a problem. Always, with that. That's that's the the main uh, you know uh, answer well, of the Dave Ellswick show. Follow well, the money. Well, and if, if if a normal person can can do it for five bucks, you can bet the government can figure out a way to do it for fifty five. Well, that's a problem. That's, right. that, that's a problem they'll have to solve. We can't hold everybody in jail that's until true. we get the lab back. So I have a, I'm just saying that's a hurdle we'll have to jump. Yeah. Pharmaceutical mm-hmm. testing company, I will gladly slap sell you a big box of those <laughs> I bet for you. twice as much as Walgreens. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, finish up with uh, David Couch talking about uh, legalized uh, recreational marijuana. And uh, I'm going to paraphrase him here, but he says it looks like 2020. It's going to be on the ballot. Yep. You think he, he thinks that he can get the necessary signatures and get it all taken care of. You may be doing that during the presidential election, which is probably the best time to do it because you're going to have the most people going to the polls. And, of course, all the folks like me that love Trump are going to be turning to the polls to, to put him back in for another four years. We've got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, quickly, a news story that just busted. Uh, the president has given executive uh, pardons to the Hammonds uh, they owned the ranch that the federal government uh, was uh, trying to kind of shut down and take the land from the people. And uh, the father and son duo, duo, who are cattle ranchers, were convicted back in 2012. Uh, the father, Dwight, had served approximately three years in prison. doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. In fact, it was four years ago because the son Stephen's been in prison for four years. 
Uh, Hammond said they started a fire on their property in 2001 to protect it from wildfires and reduce the growth of invasive plants. Uh, the fire got out of hand. Prosecutors said in 2016 they set fires up to cover up evidence of poaching. The jury convicted both of the Hammonds of using fire to destroy federal property uh, for a 2001 arson known as the Hardy Hammond Fire. And the perceived unjust sentence for the Hammonds inspired Ammon Bundy to lead an armed standoff in early 2016. And that's who I thought this was about, Mm. and it's not. It's about the people that made him do the standoff when a group of armed men broke into the headquarters of the National Wildlife Refuge in uh, Oregon. That was was the case where they shot and killed the guy. Yeah. And... And they, the they feds were, killed him. The feds killed him, and then there was a then there was then they arrested somebody, and the jury let him off. They let him off. Yeah. Yes. So that that finally brings that chapter to a close. It only took eighteen years. <laughs> Speedy trial. Wow. Like got, and what well, can we bet? No good. What did it cost the taxpayers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that money paid by the taxpayers of Oregon and the United States because that's a federal lawsuit. To, Almost you, as we fast all as our marijuana commission is. Going yeah, to man. You were not happy when you heard that they had announced the five uh, growers. Why? How come? Well, you know, I I think that what it's going to do is going to set back the, the process again. Because mm. the reason the Supreme Court reversed Judge Griffin to begin with is that the licenses hadn't been issued. And so they didn't have standing or jurisdiction. And I thought with all of the issues that had been brought up surrounding the applications and the process. So you, so you think they're going to bring it back to court. Then now they'll have standing. Now they they're going to be thrown out. Exactly. <laughs> they, they won't be, you know, all of the – let's go right back to court and have another hearing. Wow. There should so be I was a fair and just – are you saying there should be a fair and just way to measure all the growers <laughs> equally? That's a lot to uh, expect uh, from you the government. Know, you know, overlooking cousins and nephews and, and neighbors? You know, I, 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 at the beginning of the process, <laughs> and I've said this before, is I, I probably owe Governor Hutchison an apology. At the beginning, he was like, we need to do a lottery, and I was against the lottery because I thought I wanted it to be merit-based. Mm-hmm. And 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 so now we're at the end of the process. I'm, I want it to be a lottery, and it's because I'm politically naive. I didn't realize there was so much graft, graft and corruption in the process that the lottery was the fairest way to do it. So well, I would think they would. I would do a lottery again. But David, let me just tell you, rolling. when there's a lot of like millions of dollars on the line, <laughs> there's always graft yeah. and corruption. It's always there because there's always at least one elected official who'll take a bribe. As, as we don't want to see that, we don't want to admit that most of them are are honest individuals that are trying to do a true good job, but there's others they got a price. Right. So that's why you asked me about recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. I'm putting lottery in there. I'm not going to have this problem again. I think a lot of them do mean well. I think, like like Dave said, I think a lot of them do mean yeah. well. But at the end of the day, sometimes they get desperate too. You get people that are desperate for money. Sometimes they'll they'll fudge on their principles a little bit, or maybe a lot. Well, you can't legislate corruption out no you can't you can't legislate it out and like you said you you can't legislate morals but the only way to reduce corruption in government is reduce the size of government and the things they have control over the amount of money yes and the amount of money they have control over if you want to reduce Reduce the the corruption reduce the power government because if they if they stay the course like they have already on on the growers and things of that nature Mm -hmm. 
and if they have this whole process again because they're going to need more growers i'm just telling you they're going to need more growers, especially if you have legalized marijuana uh when you're talking in tax money 120 to 150 million dollars somebody will listen to somebody who wants to get one of those licenses and are willing to pay some money to make it happen. And load the dice somehow. Yeah. You know, grease a palm. Just but, saying. But back to the medical marijuana, there there is a somewhat of a blessing in here is that they are going to – it appears they are going to do some sort of outside consultant with respect to dispensaries. Yes. And one of the things that I did when I wrote the thing was I gave the dispensaries the ability to grow 50 plants apiece. So if the cultivators are – jammed up in the muck you have 40 dispensaries that can grow 50 plants a piece mm. then if you look at the current patient demand you can almost meet that now and that's also one of the things i gave the general assembly the ability to change so come january if the cultivators are still mucked up then the general assembly can increase the number of plants so the dispensaries could grow 100 plants a piece mm. if they wanted to so there is a solution to this problem now that's good i'm glad to hear yeah. that all right i'm really glad to hear that of course, you see who has control of the solution to the problem. Maybe the same people that started the problem. Would you agree with that? Well, well definitely. The commission <laughs> is, yeah. But it, but at least we're, the, we're still you know uh, it's there. If we get out, you eliminate the yeah. uh, you eliminate the possible avenues for. Well, you're taking yeah. you're taking the marijuana commission that's been put together for medicinal, and you're taking them out of the equation. Are you not oh, giving absolutely. it to the ABA? ABC, ABC. Yeah, absolutely. Give it, a, yeah. We'll just do a plain lottery, just like liquor stores, you know, and set it up. We'll see how many is too many, too few, and you know, do, do just like liquor stores, one per ten thousand people, twenty thousand, ever what the number works out to be. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming by today. My pleasure. We'll have you back on. Fun. And uh, we'll sit here and talk some more when you get ready to launch that petition. Come on by. Let's we'll talk about it. David Couch, our uh, guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Guys, we're we're out of uh, time today. Time flew today. It went fast. It went fast. We were. You should have been here in the first hour. Did, were you listening by any chance? No. First hour? Yeah, we were. I was talking about Beaker Street and listening to it where I grew up at, up in north uh, northwest Indiana, and so these guys knew Hot Rod Lincoln, and yeah. they were talking. We were talking about Ray Lincoln, who he and I worked for three years together. And, uh, and talked uh, no not no K A R N is where we was where it? I was at at that time, and uh, we were on together and uh, doing it. It was after Ray had had his uh, heart transplant, mm-hmm. and uh, we did one one day a week, and uh, so I said, well, you do know, you know, Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen also did smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette, and they never heard it. So I played it for <laughs> us, and that. That was the mistake. That that <laughs> that let the the rabbit loose at yeah. that point, and so we played Brownsville Station, and everybody's you know remembers uh, smoking in the boys' room, but not everybody remembers the Martian hop. So I played the Martian hop for everybody, and then I the song that I heard that I loved and that I could only hear with Clive Clifford was uh, Blood Rock's DOA was on his show and so we played some of that for oh, everybody that today. I'm, so, I'm sad i missed that part. it was a lot of fun we're gonna try to get clive on i don't know if clive still works over at uams or not um have to look you know he's not a spring chicken anymore he may have he may have uh may have retired but we'll we'll look around for him i'll get russ on that and we'll try to get him on the show and and relive some of those days and on that day elizabeth i'll ask you all for your two 
favorite rock songs. All right. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll like play fun. them here on the air. You already heard mine. Right, you're not old <laughs> enough to, to remember classic rock, are you, Paul? Well, I, I listened to some of the oldies <laughs> music when I was younger. I still I'm not, like now, look, it, I'm not talking about Elvis, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about during the golden age of rock and roll mm-hmm. when the Stones and the Beatles and all of them were doing their thing. Yeah, bad fingers. The Doors. Yeah, bad fingers. Who was maybe a little? Who was cool. discovered? Deep purple. Who was discovered by the Beatles? Yep. Everybody thought Badfinger was going to be the next Beatles, and of course they weren't. Hell yeah, Deep Purple. When I was Richie Blackmore, of Mitch course. Mitch Ryder. <laughs> Mitch Ryder and Detroit Wheels. Yeah. Have all, kinds all right, of fun. we'll Let's talk, we'll get, and we'll get the listeners involved I'm in on this in that. one now. All right, David. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Bible guys are up next. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with the Bible guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, uh, Scott Stewart is here. He's pastor over at Agape, and uh, we'll talk with him, and we'll talk with uh, Steve Hess. He is also from Agape and are here to talk with you today. Agape Church at 701 Napa Valley Drive, (coughs) excuse me, in Little Rock, uh, Sunday service time, 10 a.m., and their website, you want to know more, aclr.org. Keep that in mind. Yep. I want to give you that information. I, I'm i going to open up a, a whole thing for you guys to talk here for at least two minutes. No, <laughs> at, at least as long as you want to. All right? Okay. I, I've been talking on the air. A lot of people, you know, concerned about who's in charge and, and all the rest here in the country. And I said, no matter how bad it gets, always remember that God is in, in charge. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody that gets in charge here on earth that uh, God can't supersede. That's Let's right. just make sure everybody un- understands that. And in the church, I think something that we forget that would make our country a much, much better country is sharing our faith and helping people find uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That would bring the changes that are necessary for a moral society uh, in our country and our founding fathers. And you can do the exact same thing I did. Just go in and type in moral society for America and see what, according to the founding fathers, and see what they said about that. Mm-hmm. They said this country wouldn't last. Yeah. If we were not a moral society, so I'm going to think, ask you guys, and you can speak to what I just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Scott. But I'd like you to also t- talk about what somebody has to do to have a change of life. Yeah, I think it was George Washington who actually said that the that the United States was built for a for a moral and a religious people. In other words, if you're not more religious, this thing we call the United States of America isn't just going. It's just not going to work for you. Now, I know John Adams said that too. Oh, was Adams okay? I I was John Adams yeah. is, you know second president, right? That made that statement as well. So if we if the country was built for that type of people, if the Constitution was constructed for constructed for that type of people, if you're not one of those types of people, then you're trying to you know cram a square peg into a round hole, and you're just not going to fit, and you're going to try to change it which means it's no longer going to be what the founders actually wanted it to be yeah and and look if you if you think it's anarchy not a constitutional republic then you're not in on what america is all about Mm -hmm. if you think democracy is the answer the founders hated democracy Mm -hmm. that's why we're a republic that's why we are a constitutional republic exactly right 
But, you know, if you ask most people, I don't think they know the difference between a republic and a democracy. Uh, I was I was surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been. But uh, have you heard of this thing called Prager U? It's on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Prager is one of our talk show hosts. Yeah. You hear him here on uh, starting at 10 o'clock going till uh, I come on the air. Too. Yeah, Dennis Prager. Yeah. He's a he's a uh, I believe he's um I don't think he's Orthodox Jewish, but he's um he's at least conservative. At any rate, he has um this thing he calls Prager U. You can see it on YouTube and basically just deal with, uh, you know, issues related to society. Uh, and they sent a guy out with a camera on the beaches in California asking them um what was the significance of the fourth of july and it was amazing how many people did not even know right it hot was our, dogs of course <laughs> it, was, it, even it was our independence yeah, i mean and they said well does 1776 mean anything to you and the amazing thing there was the vast majority of the people said well that's when columbus uh discovered, <laughs> discovered america. america and you're like <laughs> really so that's not funny it's it's not funny but it's, it's funny. but it's uh it's incredulous but i mean, you're looking at the people telling you that and that one lady said yeah 1776 is when columbus sailed the ocean blue that's why it rhymes and i was like that doesn't even rhyme <laughs> <laughs> you're like it doesn't even rhyme are you serious and these are these are full-grown uh people who should uh you would hope should uh should know better well, I, I think that what we're starting to see in our day we've been seeing really since i was a young man is what happens to your leadership when they really don't have a faith and trust and fear of god and the reason this constitutional republic will not work without people who do not fear god is because we're watching what they're doing what are they doing they're lying they're stealing they're cheating on every chance it's we are so used to it now we just kind of laugh about it uh the fact that how many of these guys are millionaires when they only make one hundred seventy thousand dollars a year but somehow within four or eight years they're millionaires how is it that the corruption and all that's going it's because they don't fear god anymore and since they don't have the integrity that the bible teaches about teaches about or the fear of god that the bible tells us that we need to have of god knowing that we're going to give an account for everything we do especially those in positions of leadership I think it's part of the reason um, that we're in the trouble that we're in right now. There is so much chaos because we really don't know what we believe in as um, as a people. We really don't fear God and don't fear his word anymore. And you know, the thing is, you never get away. Uh, I mentioned this on, on Sunday. Um, you know, God uh, gave uh, the Sabbath. Uh, and he also gave the Sabbath to the land. And he told the children of Israel they had to give the land a rest every seven years. Uh, and for 490 years, Israel did not give the land arrest and god put them out because of that and left them out for 70 years because he said my land will have its rest and it rested for 70 years which would have been seven sabbaths until they brought until they came back and uh and you know if you do something for 490 years and nothing happens and you're, you're blessed and you're prosperous you will have the tendency to think that you got away with something mm-hmm. you have a tendency to think well this must not be that big of a deal to god yeah, you never are going to get away. Eventually, your seed will uh, begin to bear fruit. The reason why it took 490 years, behold the goodness mm-hmm. and the severity of the Lord. God is good and he is gracious. And so he gives you time for that cup. What did they say? The, was it the cup of the Amorite? My, the cup of iniquity was not yet full. Was not yet full. God's cup is very large and yep. it takes a long time for it to get full. Uh, and uh, But you're never going to get uh, away with it. And of course, um, what Steve was saying is true. You might be doing a lot of stuff today, but it's it will eventually come back because yep. what you sow is what you grow. Yep. So what do you, I'm going to ask you guys to kind of present the gospel to people today because this is the way we save our country. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the gospel is not the Constitution. I want to make, right. and the Bible is not the Constitution, and our 
republic is not the gospel. See, because we lived in a nation for so long in which we had the freedom uh, and most of our leaders and our holidays and everything was set around biblical things, uh, Christian things, that we kind of forget um, that there was a reason, and I really do think this was a God thing, um, why there was this separation, why God didn't that didn't have the founders make it an official religion. They just said, "Hey, you can do whatever you want here." And I think that by doing so, we are now we we're the people in this nation don't have it forced upon them. And we're so long of living in this nation in a Christian society that we've kind of put our trust in our nation. And so when we see this chaos that's kind of going on now, because there is a move from the left that is trying to undermine that foundation and they're trying to divide us that we're 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 going wait 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 this ain't right we we shouldn't be having this when in fact this this nation and the way it's set up is very rare and i think part of the reason people are they're concerned is because their trust has been in america instead of the god that founded america or the god that moved upon the founders to create this nation and I think that it's good that we're kind of going through this because it kind of gets us refocused on on what we should be paying attention to and where our trust really should be. Uh, if we're concerned, then it's because we're putting our our trust in man and 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 or our nation instead of God. Now, do, have we put we put our trust in parties? Yeah, yeah, and not in because I'll tell you what if you're if say you're a Republican, okay? I'm 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 a Republican libertarian to mm-hmm. be honest. And with with that in mind, the thing that I believe is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they've said that it's legal to have abortions mm-hmm. in this nation. Bible says that's not the way it is. Right. So I fight against that. Yep. Even though it's, you know, you can do it and do it legally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if they can pass a law that way, then how can they – not pass a law in some other way that says some other person doesn't have the right to live. Eventually, our 490 years is going to catch up with us with regards to that. The cup of iniquity for slaughtering and carving. I saw a meme, and it's so perfect. Just two weeks ago, the people on the left were screaming about children being ripped out of their mother's arms. And now they are fighting that women will have the right to carve their children with this new Supreme Court. And rip them out of the womb. Rip them out of the womb. And hypocrisy. The hypocrisy in, in their quote unquote defense of children. And eventually, all of this bloodshed, God, God's not closed his eyes to this. He's allowing our cup to fill up. We have to repent for this. We don't even, we're, we're so used to it nowadays. We don't even give regards to the fact that, well, we, yeah, we've killed 73 million. And, and it should cause us to be shaking in fear the fact that we're just so cold to death. So Children, I've, I've said this many times. I to, I've told my congregation. I said many of you have been riding that that donkey for years, hoping it's going to lead you to the promised land. And others of you have been riding that elephant for years, hoping it's going to get you to the, to the promised land. But the hope is not in the donkey. It's not in the in the in the elephant. The hope is only in the lamb. That's right. And you got to start giving your putting your trust in the lamb because the elephant, and the donkey, have not done us what we need to get done to make this nation what it needs to be made. And unfortunately, I don't think that you can turn this around. I think that. Um, the end is inevitable, and what you need to do as believers, people sitting out there listening to us right now, um, you know, our course is already plotted. You can only curse Israel so many times as has happened, unfortunately, through the past two, three, the past three, not the current one, but the past three uh, administrations. It's 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 sealed as far as I can tell. You can't dig up seeds 
that you've already planted. Uh, they have they have their their fruit that comes forth. The only, the only thing you can do is you have to find yourself living in Goshen, uh, even though a plague came upon the nation of Israel. The children of Israel, the children of I'm sorry, plague came upon Egypt. The children of Israel was safe in Goshen, yep. and we as believers can be safe in the midst of a land under judgment. But there's no way you can get away from what has already happened. All you can do is shelter yourself from it, and the only way you can shelter yourself is in the arms of the Messiah. That's right. In Jesus. All right. So let's take a break, and when we come back, how can people find themselves into the arms of Jesus? Amen. I want to talk about that today because we talk about a lot of things. Uh, But let me just say that they all are predicated upon, upon one important issue, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. So we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 19 after 5. Don't forget about claiming your Social Security benefits and taking the time to consider that because you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake. That could end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars, could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. So you should be looking at attending the educational maximizing Social Security class coming up on Friday. That's right. We've got there finally. It'll be this Friday. It's hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show. He's on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer, Saturdays at 10 and again at 3. Uh, The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is just 18 bucks. Includes a 34-page workbook, maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating is limited. I can tell you, last I talked to David, one seat left. If you want it, uh, call 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Or visit his website at davidlucasfinancial.com. Back with you. I'm going to just turn it over uh, to uh, Scott and to Steve. And if you've never got things right with Jesus, we're going to let them tell you how to do that because that will be a very major step to the healing of our nation. That's right. Each person is hearing my voice right now. Mm-hmm. That's right. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't know his his salvation and don't know his forgiveness and what he did to give you that forgiveness you need to hear about it so i'm going to turn it over to them all right um i'll uh, i'll take half the story you can finish it up um in the beginning of beginnings we had um relationship with god which we lost we lost because satan deceived a man named adam and god through his mercy and his grace told adam that uh, he would send someone who could fix this situation. But the time and space would have to pass for a while before that Redeemer would eventually arrive. And throughout t- history and throughout time, God continued to illustrate and remind the people of God that this Redeemer was on his way. He brought people such as Moses and Samson and Samuel and David and Solomon, different men, men along the way to exemplify and to remind us uh, through the example of their life and through the testimony of their words that this Redeemer was still um, on his way. It was God's great plan, his great plan of redemption to fix the the problem that had been torn in the fabric of, of relationship with God. And God's solution uh, at the end of the day was to send 
what the Bible tells us was his only begotten son. It was to send Yeshua. It's the Hebrew word for Jesus as the as the Messiah. Many people know him as the Christ. You've probably heard Jesus Christ before. Christ is not his last name. It's a title. Uh, and it's uh, the Hebrew, um, the Greek, it's a Greek word coming from the Hebrew word Messiah. And the way this was supposed to work was that that just as Adam had died in his relationship, that um, the only way that this could be restored is that once again, uh, death would have to happen to restore. So Jesus, or Yeshua, is known as the last Adam. The word Adam actually means God's blood. So there was a, a one God's blood, Adam, and that original God's blood became polluted. And so there's going to have to be another God's blood to fix what the first God's blood did. And the way that God's blood would fix the problem was for that God's blood to actually be shed to redeem and to change the situation. And so with that in mind, Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, comes upon the scene to pour out his blood to be that last Adam to fix the transgression of the first Adam and to make everything right that was wrong now. And he was going to do that through a great redemptive story told all throughout the Bible from, from the Passover and the garden and so forth. And that was going to be known in what we all know as the crucifixion. There was a purpose for that. And I'll pass over to Steve to kind of finish up our story. The whole thing, uh, I really appreciate that Pastor Scott took this back to Adam. Because we, sometimes we get stuck on either the covenants that we've talked about in the past, but God's plan from the beginning was to restore his relationship with mankind. And he initially had a couple rules for, for Adam and Eve and, and from Abraham and for Noah and all of them. And then he gave more to Noah, I'm sorry, to, to Moses and for the children of Israel. But all of those were to come forth to show us this plan that was to, to come, that he showed us that in what he gave to Moses was that blood was a requirement. He showed this to Ab- or to Adam, he showed this to Abraham, he showed this to Noah, he showed this to Moses, that the shedding of blood was the only way that he were going to get redemption uh, for our sins. Uh, and so he came in one verse, it says, in the fullness of time, in the time that God established, that he came forth teaching, uh, correcting, and uh, wrong doctrine, uh, and showing us how to properly live in the way in which we're to walk out all the things that God has instructed us. And then he told the plans of his disciples and said that I am going to have to die. I'm going to be turned over to the Gentiles and that I will die, but on the third day I will rise. And this plan is in the story of Abraham offering Isaac. Uh, it's in the story of Moses. Uh, it's in the story of David. It's Jonah. Jonah. The whole plan has been laid out. And so when I have people who doubt, I always tell them all of this stuff is fulfilled prophecy that he was going to come and die and shed his blood for our sins and rise on the third day. And he did that. And that is the way of redemption. That That is the way to get restored back to that fellowship and to, to gain what Adam had lost. The Bible says the last Adam would restore that. And, and Yeshua, Jesus, was that last Adam. In the book of Romans, uh, chapter 10, it says that the word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the first step in that process of gain, of regaining that right fellowship with God, and that is the plan of salvation. All right. When we come back, we'll talk to you what you need to do. All right? Try to walk you through it. It's not difficult, but I'm not going to say the walk after that <laughs> is right. easy either. It is not. All right. We'll come back and talk further about this. This, you'll be uh, amazed if you're really politically active and you think that's going to be the way to change this nation. If you're a Christian, the way to change the nation is to share your faith with unbelievers. 
All right, so today on the Bible, guys, and by the way, the phone number is 8230965. Well, your question here on the show, if you have a Bible question today, uh, I've asked the uh, pastors here, uh, Steve Hess, and of course, the pastor of Agape is Scott Stewart, to share the gospel with you because the only way we can turn this nation around is for people to find jesus that's right that, that's the only way their hearts are going to be changed i mean that's there's no ifs ands or buts uh, about that so i've asked them to, sh- to share that they have now i want them to share with you about what's next mm-hmm. and with that in mind let's turn it over to you scott and then steve of course you jump in as well and uh, and share with folks i'm just going to tell you life ain't going to be perfect all of a sudden that's right well the uh, act of salvation as we said before is a it's a matter of faith and um we believe um on jesus he, he died for our sins rose from the dead ascended to the right hand of the father we confess him as lord and that is the beginning um many people see that if you ask most people um what the new covenant is they'll tell you it's the new birth and and that's not true the new birth is the doorway into the new covenant. The new covenant is now our lifestyle. The That's new right. covenant is now how we live. Dave says, well, what do we do next? What's next? What's next is walking out and living out the new covenant. And um, so the new birth, and that's accepting Messiah, Jesus, what he did for you, the death, burial, and resurrection, confessing and believing and accepting him in, into your life. So you accept him in as Savior, and then you confess him as Lord. That's what Steve read before. You confess him as Lord. So now becomes the lordship, the rule, and the rule of the Lord is within the thing we call the new covenant. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, the new covenant is found in Jeremiah thirty-one, and then again in Romans. Uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter eight. Hebrews chapter eight is actually the longest quote in the New Testament from any Old Testament scripture, and it happens to be about the new covenant. The new covenant is not the New Testament, meaning the scriptures you have in your hand. Uh, the new covenant is something that happens on the inside of you. And if you understand that what happens on the inside of you, then you'll know how you're supposed to walk out and live out this life. And it's contained in something called the law of God. Uh, it's the rule of God. The, the, um, you know, we live in a, God is a king and every king has a kingdom. And in every kingdom, there are rules that govern the kingdom. And so now you're a citizen of the kingdom because you accepted the Messiah into your life. And now what we do is we live out the rules of the kingdom within the kingdom, serving the king, waiting for the return of the king. Uh, so then the question is, then what is uh, those rules? It is the rules of God, the law of God contained in the scriptures and now written upon your heart. And Jesus became the mediator of a better covenant. Uh, and what was that better covenant? A few verses later it tells you it's the new covenant. And what's the new covenant? It's the law of God that has always been now no longer written on tables of stone, but written on the tables of your heart. And this is where you get to walk out Jesus being your Lord. If he's not Savior and Lord, then he's neither. You're not just going to get your ticket punched to go to heaven and then live like a hellion and do whatever the devil wants you to do. Because what you do is you show that you're not really, truly a follower of the Lord. I wish I could think of a place that I could tell people to go right now. Uh, and hear about walking out that relationship. Hey, maybe there's a, a college. Well, I was actually thinking about the um, this guy that I know that's doing a preaching on the Ten Commandments right ah. now and about the relationship with that. All right. Because that's the part that, that people miss. And I so I've kind of I, – I went ahead and copyrighted your uh, one statement that you made I hadn't really thought about before, and that is – I'm teaching on the Ten Commandments uh, – 
Yes. All the way through the oh, end of cool. August. Yeah. And, and the Ten Commandments were the only thing that was actually written by the hand of God himself. So when people want to know what is it that we have to do and why is this such an issue with the Battle of the Ten Commandments in our nation is because at the very minimum, you have to walk out those moral and ethical commandments. He can be the only God. You're not, you have to honor your father and your mother. Keep the Sabbath. Don't lie, steal, cheat, and covet, and all the other things. Those are the things that are, that are key and that identify you as a follower of God. You can say that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and he died for your sins, but if you don't walk in the way in which he told you to walk, then you really don't believe it. That's why when you become a believer, there's this idea that um, everything's going to be great. You can approach the the trials and tribulations with peace, but Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. He's the one that's overcome it for us. So we have to become disciples. We have to do what he he said and what he taught and, and to walk these things out, not just make a verbal confession and say that we believe it and then, then not do. So I would encourage you, uh, to go onto the website, listen to the previous five, come and listen to the next five, because he, he's really doing a great job explaining the heart of the matter of the Ten Commandments, not just the letter of the law. And understand, to live as Jesus being your king, That's right. you have the Holy Spirit to help you. That's right. He's going to communicate That's with right. you. That's right. Let me tell you the scariest verse in all the Bible. It is not anything from the book of Revelation. It's not about the plagues of Egypt. It's in Matthew, I believe, chapter 7, where Jesus says, not everybody who calls me Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, but only those who do the will of my Father. And he says, in that day that people will say to me, we did all of these wonderful things in your name. We raised the dead. We cast out demons. We visited. We did all of this stuff in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. There's a lot of people out there that call him Savior, but don't call him Lord. And that verse is scarier than anything else because there are people who have deceived themselves that think they're followers, but they're not doing what he said to go do. They're just wanting a get-out-of-hell-free card. Actually, it goes on and it says towards the end there, it says, Depart from me, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on. The last part says, you you who work lawlessness. You're sons of iniquity, That's isn't right. it? Yeah. The word iniquity, actually the Greek word iniquity is anomian, which is where we get our word um, antinomian from. So ah is the negative. Like if you're a believer in God in Greek, you're a theist. But if you're not a believer in God, you're an atheist. If you're a follower of the law in Greek, you're a nomian. Nomos is the word for law in Greek. If you're against the law of God, you're anomian. So it actually says those who work against or who do not work the law of God. So your your faith in Messiah is one thing, but the way you walk out your faith in Messiah is walking out the the, the commands, the rules, the law, the law, the promises that God has actually uh, given to us, and that's seeable and it's tangible. That's right. And if you say one thing and do another thing, you prove to the fact that you don't really believe what you do. I mean, if, if you, I mean, Dave, if your house was on fire, uh, let's say it this way, if you believed your house was on fire, or thought it might be, you would probably sniff around and go check. But if you actually knew your house was on fire, you would be outside with your wife and your valuables. When you know something for a fact, you're going to act. And if you really know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're going to act that way. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it. You're going to be outside you're not going to be sniffing around and just trying to find your way, thinking something might be the case. We talk about Hebraic things all the time on here, and that is the very definition of Hebraic thought or Hebraic action is, is if you believe something, then you do it. If you don't do it, then you don't believe it. It's just that simple. You either walk out what Jesus and God told us to walk out, or you, you don't. And if you don't, you don't believe it. 
I don't care what you say in your mind. I don't care what you say on Facebook. I don't care what you say to your friends. If they don't see you doing what the Bible tells us to, then you really don't believe it. All right. With that in mind, I'd like to go back again as I was asking about the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because Jesus lives in us. Yes. Since the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, Mm -hmm. God lives within us. Mm -hmm. He will talk to you. Yep. I know everybody – Look, the press loves, Joy Bear loves to make fun of Pence and others who say, I talk to God every day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what, if you truly believe that Jesus is your king, I can drive down the road and be carrying on a conversation with Jesus in my car. Mm -hmm. Yes. For some of you, you think I'm nuts right now. (laughs) For others of you, you know exactly what I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I was glad what Pastor Scott said about getting back to Adam. What did God and Adam do? They walked in the coolness of the day. They conversed. That's the relationship that God has desired to seek, have restored, uh, to have that level of a communication where you can just sit and talk with God. As a matter of fact, in the that verse of Scripture that Steve was mentioning, when it says that God would go down and visit Adam in the cool of the day, the word cool there in the Hebrew is actually the word ruach, and the word ruach is the word spirit. So he would visit Adam, the Bible says, in the spirit of the day. So it was in the spirit that God would fellowship with Adam, and it's in the spirit that God fellowships with us. That's where the Holy Spirit is is there for us. And the Holy Spirit communicates God's plan, God's will, God's voice to us. And then we also communicate to God back in the spirit because we're not natural beings. I mean, we are spirit beings. We might live in a house of flesh. But this house of flesh is going to go down one day, and when it does, the spirit will be freed. Uh, from its uh, earthly uh, prison and truly be able to live with God in its fullness. All right, one more question from me, then we got to take a break, and then uh, hopefully eight two three zero nine six five. maybe somebody, maybe we've said something that you need some clarification on. We'd be more than happy to try to do that for you today. Sure. But uh, talk about, if you would, uh the, old, the the spirit man and the fleshly man. Paul talks about this a lot mm-hmm. in Romans. He does. He spends a lot of time on it. Just because you accepted Christ, just because you want to follow what he wants you to do, doesn't necessarily mean your flesh won't be at war with That's you right. constantly about That's it. That's correct. That's so correct. talk a little bit about that, and then I'll take our break. Yeah, well um, – Paul actually uh, talks about that in uh, in Romans chapter number seven. He says, um, he says, like in verse number nineteen and verse seven, he said, chapter seven, he says, "For the good that I will do, I do not do; but the evil that I don't want to do, that I practice. And if I know that I don't want to do things, that, I'm sorry. And if I don't do what I know that I shouldn't do, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me." Paul seems like a man that's in conflict with himself. I mean, he says, I, I, "What I don't want to do, I wind up doing," and so on yeah. and so forth. And he says, he's trying to identify his problem, and he identifies the problem, and he says, this is how I'm going to get free of this. How am I going to deal with this? And he says, verse number 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I'm going to delight in the law of God after the spirit. He says, but I see another law in my members, that's in his flesh, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. So he's saying, I've got laws everywhere. I've got laws trapped in my body that are warring against the law of God that's in my heart. And how am I going to get free from all this? It's going to have to be in the spirit that I get free. And so he begins to work on that. And he actually says at the very end there, 
he says, O oh, wretched man that I am. He says, For the, um, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I will serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The law of God is the answer yep. for living a life free from the law of sin that's in your members, causing you to do things that you don't want to do. There's a way to live free. That's right. And the way to live free has been the way that we have pushed off because we've totally misunderstood what, what it means to live in the new covenant, the kingdom rule. All right. Explain uh, lastly to the listeners that you'll never be perfect on this world. <laughs> no. I mean, we have Paul right here telling us, he said, hey, listen, I am trapped in this body of flesh. And as long as you live in the body of flesh, you're going to have to fight it to live free. It doesn't mean when you have mental struggles and shortcomings. Uh, one of the things I like to remind people is that Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. And how did he fight the enemy? He fought him with the word of God. So anytime that thoughts and evil imaginations and things come, you just fight it with the word of God and you confess the things that are positive, the things that are right, and rebuke the things that are immoral. All right. Let's take one final break. We'll come back and finish up. Got a question? 823-0965. 823-0965. You've heard something that you want further uh, explanation on. Be uh, happy to do that for you. But the most important thing that you need to understand today, that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're bound for hell. hate to tell you that. And a lot of people say, in the seminaries, you shouldn't preach on that. And a lot of uh, seminaries now say there is no hell. And I'm telling you, there'll be a hotter place for those folks than there is for a lot of folks. If you want a career working uh, outdoors, serving your community, listen up. Do you make want to make a difference in the community? If you do, and you're detail-oriented, you strive to do the right thing, if you want a career with a leading company and can work with your hands and thrive in the outdoors, then you need to join the PI Roofing and Home Solutions team because they're expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You can go and build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solutions has career opportunities right now in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. Let's make a difference together, they say as you can climb your ladder of success with the folks at P.I. Roofing Company. Apply at piroofing.com or call them 501-707-3551. number to call with your questions here on The Bible, guys. All right, back. We've got uh, eight minutes, seven minutes left, six really, uh, with Scott Stewart and, of course, uh, uh, what's Steve O'Hess? Oh, yeah, the non Twitter. If you would get guy. a Twitter account, I <laughs> never forget your name. <laughs> I would never forget your name. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what the left was in full throat last night on Twitter. Oh, were they? Oh, is that because of the I Supreme? I have never seen so much. To be honest with you, so much off-color language. I thought these of, were supposed to be tolerant. Kavanaugh, um, tolerant, nominated. <laughs> Well, you uh, we talked about it yeah. before. The lady that was there for Fox on the on the steps of the Supreme Court shut it down there because yeah. she felt threatened. Because if you watched that, they had to watch it because the the vocabulary, the uh, the words that were being used by the left there were not 
terrible I on TV. I hope the people are really paying attention to find out what these people are really about. They they are not. They accuse the people on the right of of being the um, the Nazis. They uh, being the intolerant. That's right. Yeah. And they are actually the ones that are. Um, yes. Shutting down free speech. Yep. Really, yep. Yeah. They're using Nazi tactics. Yep. You know, well, we're going to go, yeah, brown shirt tactics. Mm-hmm. We're going to go, in fact, we're going to go to war with them coming in January. I won't tell you what it's all about because I want you to find out when it happens. You know, I always say that, you know how they're not so brilliant on the left, right? Yeah. Because they're picking a fight with all the people that believe in the Second Amendment. Yeah. So they're really not thinking this through. No, <laughs> I, I, agree. I, I agree with that. And uh, we're going to be dealing with it from a First Amendment type. All right. Situation. And as well as that, how about a, a law trying to pass it that says that this, the government can't use taxpayers' money to lobby against uh, the taxpayers? Mm. Sounds like a reasonable expectation. Yeah, I, w- I yeah. think it, it is. We'll see. There's some, uh, looks, we got some state senators are agreeing with us and yeah. going to put the, the terminology together. Cool. Super. That'd be fun. Super. Fun. I've, I've decided it's time for me to, you know, get down the, in, the, in the arena a little closer to the action than where I've been in the past. I've talked about a lot of this stuff in the mm-hmm. past, and why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Well, I've made a lot of friends uh, over at the state legislature, and they're ready to pick up some some legislation and run with it. So we'll be running about it. Excellent. Run. Excellent. Yeah, it's important stuff Super. to do. Amen. Right. But the most important thing to do, as we I tried to express today, is change your heart. That's right. It. Yeah. We had a question uh, that we talked about before the show, and that was, um, with all the things that we talk about here on the show, um, and we talk about a lot of them from um, uh, diet to um, Sabbath and so forth, which of these things is required for salvation, if any? And, of course, the answer to that was, the, that the only thing that's required for salvation is faith. Uh, that was the thing that moved Abraham from being an idol worshiper into being the father of the Hebrew people. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God has made it as simple as it possibly can. You don't have to die, defeat death, hell, and the grave, and rise from the dead. It's already been done for you. All you have to do is believe. All these other things that we talk about on the show is how to walk out your salvation. Even the Apostle Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling there is a life to live i've lived in nine different countries and every time i have moved to a new country it required assimilation on my part all of a sudden the rules change like I, I had to change yeah i mean like living when i lived in the uk i could not apply american uh driving rules in the uk <laughs> you'd be doing a lot of head-on <laughs> i had problems i had to change and the same thing is true here you used to belong to the kingdom of darkness and now when you're in the kingdom of, of God's dear son, in the kingdom of light, now the way you act is different. Guess That's what? Right. The way you speak is different. That's right. When I was living in, in Sweden, in other words, I spoke Swedish. What? I, <laughs> I spoke Swedish. I didn't speak English. Why? Because that was the language of the kingdom I was in. In the kingdom of God, we sound different. That's right. We don't sound like the world. We act different. We we drive different because we're in a different kingdom. We've adapted our lifestyle based upon the kingdom that we're in. You used to be darkness, now you're light. You used to be lost, and now you're found. You used to be blind, and now you can see. And what you see is God wanting to walk out his plan and purpose through your life. Amen. And I'm so thankful, Dave, that you allow us to come and talk on what is pretty much a political show, but you understand, and, and because how important your faith is, 
that it's part of your show now. It, you know, yeah, because more, it is who I'm you are. I'm tell you what, this is much more important. This is, it is. life or death that mm-hmm. we're talking about. But it's also, right. it is the key to changing this nation. You yes. do what you need to do because God has given us a gift with the Constitution, the fact that we can vote and we can make changes in this nation. But we, the thing that will ultimately change this nation is the people of God getting on their face and revival coming to this nation and, and people crying out uh, to God for change and getting healed and getting delivered and repenting of their sins. That's what will change the course of this nation. And that's what we need to be praying praying for, that the body of Christ would come together and unify behind the cause of Christ and the moral and ethical commandments and all of our doctrinals and denominational infightings. We don't we can leave those at the door, but if we can come together under that cause and, and get people unified for that, then we can get people to um, – we can see change in this nation. I'll say it that way. All right. We're out of time. Don't forget about Agape Church, 701 Napa Valley Drive and Little Rock Sunday worship time, 10 o'clock. They got a really good pastor there. His name is Scott Stewart. <laughs> Find out more about him and about the church at aclr.org. Tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget that uh, jo- uh, Duck and Joe will be here as well as we'll have several guests that will be talking about the Supreme Court nominee. All that's coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great evening. See you over at Raiders of the Lost Ark in just a moment over at Riverdale 10. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com